And remember that we are not descended from fearful men. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Five, four, three. The Kellen and Alex Show. Zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. The Kellen and Alex Show. The Kellen Alex Show. Mike, oh, yeah. Anthony, welcome to the podcast. Thanks you were just you. talking about bio... Niece is something. Uh, no, 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 no. So, so Mike's a bio, bio major, and uh, I just learned something new recently. It's uh, chemothesis, where instead of you take energy from the sun like plants do, you take chemical soup from like the bottom of the ocean and you turn that into energy. And it was just something that I found out that's new, and I love learning new things. So, nice. blew my mind. Repeat that for me. Okay, so so you know how like plants and stuff like take. Yes, Life from the sun. All I know is photosynthesis. That's right. all I know. Right, right, right. Photosynthesis. Well, chemothe- chemosynthesis is the same thing, but... With chemicals? With chemicals in, like, the deepest parts of the ocean. Infused mm. with cancer. E- e- obviously. <laughs> infused with cancer. Um, but, no, 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 like, the bottom of the food chain for us is, you know, the sun. And so, like, you know, plants eat the sun, we eat plants. Practically eating sunlight, if you think about it. Hmm. But, uh... Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me think of the financial markets. (laughs) So, we're, uh... Part of what we're talking today is finances. Uh, yeah. You're into insurance at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'm working with the Knights of Columbus. I'm an insurance agent with them. Uh, I started working with them back in July of last year. Uh, learning a lot, super humbling position, but, uh, yeah, it, it's exciting and also scary. Just the, the future finances that we're looking at with the United States. Um, yeah. And just thinking about how, how does like the average person think of the United States financial situation and, you know, the debt clock and, and things like that. Every time I think of insurance, I think of the Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why? Yeah. Well, Bob Parry works for the insurance firm. I've been watching Incredibles okay. in forever. No, it's great. And and he has this extremely short boss who's really mad <laughs> at him because... Agency? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, because so and his boss is like mad, four foot... They're mad at no, Bob. Because, not even four feet tall. <laughs> yeah. He's mad at Bob because Bob is giving them all the loopholes to get payouts. <laughs> so... <laughs> So he brings him in the office. He says, I'm not happy, Bob. Not happy. <laughs> what did you guys They're watch exploiting like every night? loophole, dodging all the obstacles. <laughs> They're penetrating the bureaucracy. <laughs> it's so good. But aren't we supposed to help our clients? Well, we're helping our clients, huh? <laughs> what about the stockholders? Anyways, dude, that's, that's insurance. That is hilarious. Look, but you could be the Bob Parr of the insurance company. Yeah, I mean, big payouts. Yeah, you yeah. know, helping people out. Yeah, definitely. That. I mean, I, I love to be in a place of service. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love just being. Um, you know, I, I love to get a relationship with my clients and really understand their their financial situation. I mean, it, it's so. You know, there's so many different uh, situations out there when it comes to. All the people, just in my small territory. I mean, I cover from Toronto down to St. Clairsville. It's about uh, 40 minutes uh, south of here. And then, uh, yeah, out towards like Hopedale and stuff like that. I'm oh, wow. Really with the area. But yeah, I got a chunk of, a chunk of territory. And uh, yeah, it's going really well so far. Nice. How big is Knights of Columbus as an insurance policy? Dude, huge. Uh, you mean from like uh, an insurance company? Or yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah company. company. That's what I meant. We, we are absolutely 
huge. I, I had no idea when I first joined on, but um, we're we're a worldwide company. We have councils. The largest in the world? Not not the largest in the world. No, I think like that. Top ten there or something. Like so that. we're the top fourth rated company in the world, um, according to like Forbes magazine, which I don't know a whole lot about Forbes, but apparently. If you're an insurance person, you know about Forbes. Forbes. It's yeah, a thing. It's, Forbes is like the richest people in the world on that. Kinda. Yeah, and, and apparently they've rated us like top fourth company. In oh, wow, well, nice. And uh, yeah, which is which is crazy. But That was since Anthony has joined them. <laughs> right, oh, yeah, yeah. I, obviously. I joined and they're like, whoa, let's mm-hmm. go. Uh, but All right, the concept of insurance. Yes. Questions uh, as the truck goes by. Um, so... There's insurance for all sorts of things. Right. Ranging from your car to your house to your body. Your body itself. Or health or whatever. Yeah, there's health insurance. Um, And yeah, so there's tons and tons of insurance. And insurance is a large part of people's kind of money goes towards whatever insurance it is, right? Right. And the companies who insure, like the way they make money is... You know, you pool all the money together. This is my super base, stupid, ignorant understanding of it. (laughs) You pool all this money from a lot of people, and then there's payouts um, to those who have claims. And the goal of the company, well, if it's a profit-seeking company, they want less claims and also more people to pay in and higher rates of paying in. Right, right. And so, you know, I know a lot of people have big problems with insurance companies because, well... Then you just won't give claims to, you know, the hurricane people in Louisiana, or you won't give claims to all sorts of other things, and then, or jacking up the premiums and that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, jacking up the premiums also. Insurance is like an enormous topic. So that was the baseline, my ignorant understanding of Mm -hmm. what I know. So you probably know a lot more. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) get into it. Do you have a question or? or There was no question in that. There was just like, (laughs) what am I I missing? I was trying to to look for Um, one. Okay, specifically, it's life insurance that you're in. Yeah, so, well, Knights of Columbus deals with life insurance, long-term care, disability income. Uh, I mean, if you want to look at it, it's kind of like a um, securing funds. So we secure funds in the event that you pass away for your family. We secure funds in the event of disability. We secure funds in the event that you go into a long-term care facility. Um, And yeah, I've I've met with a lot of clients who have, um, you know, policies with other companies and i've heard so many horror stories of people just like you know they want to take their money out of you know a certain company uh, like out of stocks or stuff and they'll it'll take years for them to just draw their money out and they you know need it sometime in the near future um but at least my experience so far with the knights we're 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 really great when it comes to if you need the money now like we'll we'll pay it then i think most of our claims get taken out in like the mail time like it takes two or three weeks for us to mail the check out to the clients. And that's mm. basically the time that they So get. is there an overlap with health insurance and life insurance? Because you mentioned like if you're, you're yeah, you can get the money. I was going to ask that for those who don't really know, can you kind of differentiate between health insurance and life insurance? Because is there, is there a difference there? Because I think when we think of health insurance, we think of life insurance, right? Because, well, I guess life in the, simplest manner of your life, right? Right. If you have health insurance. So what what are the differences between health insurance and life insurance? Well, uh, uh, at least as far as I know, I'm not super versed in, in health insurance. Um, but when it comes to life insurance, 
it's it's pretty basic if you know you're you're um you're insuring uh against the devastation that your loss will come to uh your family or just being responsible to your own assets like um for me like i'm obviously having life insurance in case i pass away my wife has income but also just being responsible i have student loans and if i die then uh, other family members are responsible for those student loans because my parents like co-signed on those loans. And so it's also just a personal responsibility. If I die, I don't want my parents to have this huge financial burden on them, you know, come out out of the blue. Um, but when it comes to health insurance, as far as I'm aware of, um, health insurance is just kind of more of uh, you pay into the system and then the system pays back a portion, you know, when you get a doctor's bill, like you'll pay a portion of the bill and then the insurance company would pay the other portion. Have you ever heard of um, like a health share program? Anybody? I've heard of those. Heard yeah, of those. yeah. So, yeah, talk about So them. my wife and I, um, we, we're pregnant and we're due this August. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Hey-oh. Yeah, yeah. So we're super stoked. And, um, and I actually just recently um, went in opposite direction in my career path and started a business with a friend. And so obviously I had to get out of the health insurance program that I had with another company. So one of the big things with starting this company and going into it and talking about it with my wife is like, well, what do we do for health insurance? Because, you know, we have to cover the, the cost of the, um, you know, the OB appointments and the um, prenatal visits and everything going into that. So you have to have some type of insurance or some type of something to cover that those costs. And so we kind of figured some stuff out and we're making it work. And then at the... The day of the child's birth, um, or maybe even a, like a couple months prior to the birth, we we're going to get onto a health share program. And so it's really interesting because um, we know another the, the friend I'm going into business with, he um, he has a health share program. And he's like, it's so much better than your typical health insurance, right? Because it's not insurance, right? You're just paying in the way it's structured is you have a group of people and it has to be a really big group of people. Otherwise, it will collapse on itself. But everyone um basically will pay a monthly premium or it's not even a premium just a, a monthly you know you could call it a donation or whatever you want depending on their situation and depending on where they qualify for but there's like for the one we're looking at is uh like the most you're ever going to pay is like 500 bucks a month and basically you pay that directly to whoever makes a claim so, you know, obviously if it's a really big system and people are making claims all the time, they have it structured where one month out of the year you're paying into the company to cover overhead costs and the other 11 months you're paying directly, you're writing a check directly to someone's address. Oh, wow. And so hmm. what you do is like if you have a big, you know, medical bill, you basically tell them you're paying cash and legally you have one year to pay any medical bill. And so, you know, you get this big check or this big... um you know, this big bill and you have to pay it. But over the course of the next, you know, month, two months, three months, whatever, you have checks coming in, rolling in from these other people that are a part of the program. And you basically just use that to pay off the bills. And uh, it's, it, I don't know, it's an interesting concept. And yeah, it seems a lot more simplistic than, yeah. than... The weird thing there is, and I've heard this from like certain hospitals that basically if you have health insurance, they, <laughs> they've created the system where they they charge for literally everything and they make the prices exorbitant. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so if you Especially don't if birth. you don't have insurance, yeah, exactly. Oh man, it's so bad. Well, because they realize the insured system is just how much money can my hospital get from this insurance company, right. not the individual who's actually paying for it. Exactly. And so um, 
what you end up having is if you do this health sharing stuff and whatever else, you have this disparity of the bill because <laughs> they're trying to get as much money as possible out of the insurance companies. But if you have a health sharing program, then all of a sudden they're like, well, we're not getting it from the insurance company. We're getting from the sharing program. Like I don't, they, they'll do like, they'll reduce the bill drastically which is yeah. so wild to me which is just like oh you know i took out your appendix and it would have cost you this amount for your health insurance provider to pay you for but because you're in health sharing and you're paying on your own technically they'll just like whoop, it's way less yeah and people so don't, weird people don't understand that or understand that like the cash paying world in medicine is so much cheaper like if you go and saying you're gonna pay cash you have like discounts like crazy and it you know i yeah, it's. I think that I think you hit that like the nail on the head. It's because the company, you know, the hospitals, they're going to take as much out of the insurance as they can because the insurance is there. So why not? They're going to be. That's, you know, a great way to make profit. But if it's just coming out of the individual, they're not going to be able to get as much. So I don't know. It's it's wild. That's it the is. first time I've heard about that. Is that pretty widespread? Um. Yeah. So my my family, uh, we moved from Tennessee to California, yeah. and it was when my mom was pregnant, and and she had twins. And the twins were born prematurely. And so they had to be in the NICU for like a few months. And because we had moved states, our health insurance obviously didn't transfer and all that stuff. And we couldn't get health insurance in time. Wow. So we had like a, it was like 250K bill or something like that. It was ridiculous. And my dad was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. This is what? And we ended up being able, because it wasn't covered by insurance, it was negotiable with the hospital. We ended up negotiating it down to like 20K or something like that. <laughs> it still was a ton of money. Yeah. But, but at the same time, it wasn't 250K. And cow. But it just goes to show the hospital system and the insurance system are one system. Yeah. Hmm. And the game is one game. And they know that they're, you know, the insurance policy is trying not to pay as much money as possible on the actual like healthcare. And the health, you know, the health providers are trying to get as much money as possible from the healthcare person, and then you got a sick person in the middle of it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, who's trying to like get stuff. The health share system um, is trying to find a way to fit in that game that's not one or the other, at least from what I can tell. But I don't know a ton about it. But yeah, I've had friends like, oh, we switched to health share, and it's like way less money for us, you know, and this other stuff. But well, for like an example of like giving birth, right? Um, when you go into a hospital to give birth, they're going to charge you for all these things, regardless if you actually need it or not. So they, they always like the, the hospital birthing process. It's like plan for the worst, execute as if it is the worst and, and go from there. It's not like take the person individually and treat it like a normal, healthy thing. Birth. Yeah. Right. And, and part of it's like, well, okay, well, like, you know, if, it, if there's an emergency, it's there on hand. Sure. But the other part of it is exactly like that, you know, they're going to charge the insurance company for that, even if they don't need it or not, you know, and it's because mm -hmm. it's wrapped into the care of the, of the, I don't know, for the, for the patient, but it's like, like they'll have like excess blood banks, like on standby for that individual that the huh. individual will get charged for, even if they don't need a blood transfusion or like something going on, like they just know they can charge for it. Yeah. It, it goes on the bill. Like, and it's like, it, what? <laughs> That's wild. So, Sophie's husband, Anto, is from New Delhi, India, and mm -hmm. socialized medicine over there. And they have a disagreement about how it should be run. If it's capitalistic way is good or more, is social medicine better? Who has a disagreement? Sophie and Anto. Oh, sure. I had a long conversation with him. 
then I was like, okay, in the United States, we have medical bills that, okay, a um, heart surgery. My dad had a friend who had a heart surgery, $175,000, okay? There's no surgery in the world that's worth that much money, okay? There's nothing that's even close to that worth that much money. Our health system is so screwed up. Everything is way too expensive. Here's the thing. If you cannot afford... What is the point of the health industry? It's to take care of people, right? So no matter what situation, you should take care of somebody. That's why I like the socialist system in that regard. Because in a lot of ways, the capitalistic system, they don't even allow people to go into the hospital because they don't. there's no way for them to pay for it. Why is it that in this country... We are like, okay, well, we we just can't take you in because you don't have any way to pay for it or anything. Who gives a damn if they don't have a way to pay for it? These are human beings out here. And you can't your justification can't be, oh well, because we need to get paid. No, that's not that's not what it is. It's so bad in this country that people who need care can't even get it. What's the point of a hospital? What's the point of any of that? It's to get, it's to help people, even if they're, if they're dying and you deny care because they don't have financial a way to pay for it. That's the most screwed up system I've ever heard of. My sister had, uh, like a gallbladder, um, she had gallstones, so she had to get her gallbladder removed. Oh, wow. And they did it the last day of the year because, you know, the deductible re- renews the next day and they didn't want to pay for that. So they literally smart. set up and they did. They <laughs> set up smart. an appointment because it would have cost thousands of dollars if they did it one day later. The you might have differing opinions in me, but I think that the medical system in this country is so screwed up. Because it's it's so pathetic to me. My parents are doctors, okay? It's so oh, yeah, pathetic. That's right, that's it's right. so pathetic to me that we deny people care in this country because they can't pay for it. That's not the point of health. We don't have the point of health. We don't have that right mindset in this country. It's like, why would we deny anybody care? There's no point of a hospital. Why are you going to deny people care if they... Like, these people are dying. And in India, okay, they have... This is what they should do. They should have public hospitals and private hospitals. Everywhere in this country. That's what they do in India. The rich people, the elite, they go to the, the private hospitals that they get a little bit better care, not much better. Then you have public hospitals where people can't pay for it at all and they're still funded. Mm. The government pays. Okay? We have to change something in this country because it is so beyond believably bad how, how terrible it is how we take care of our people here. India does it better than we do. Dude, that's that's crazy. Because they have a... They, job they, they, they do it better than we do because they have a system where they have a public hospital and a private hospital. If you can't pay for the private, you have health care. I just think you you're a communist. No matter any way. <laughs> no. That's one way where capitalism sucks. Is it, no, there's many it, more ways capitalism it, it, sucks. It does, not, it does not take care of the people that it should. Well, it's funny that you bring up... I'll, I'll let Mike talk, but... Talking about capitalism, that's that's funny they bring that up. Well, I just want especially I, Burke, like you said, 
there are so many unbelievable expenses that do not need to be expenses. Like you said. Yeah, you no, that is true. To, you shouldn't have to make them pay for things that, okay, if this happens. You shouldn't have to pay for if this happens. Take care of the person right now what's going on. Why are we charging people so much money? One, here's one question, like, though. Here's one question, right? Uh, so you said, like, you know, we should have private ho- or public hospitals funded by the government. You know, with the current administration being thirty trillion dollars in debt, do you still want that? Do you still want them to be All right. in charge? So of economic this? theory so rant. <laughs> I'm ready. So ready for this rant? It <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's my opinion. It, That's actually my opinion. On, it doesn't matter. Okay, if we okay. Were one million dollars in debt. Yeah, then okay, maybe think about it. John, thirty trillion dollars. It doesn't matter. If the government funded everything, this country would be fine. John Maynard Keynes. That's my answer. So. It's the economic theory is Keynes versus the Austrian school of economics, which what was it? Von Mises and a number of other guys. The Keynesian school is look, if you, okay, let's get into debt. I know we just did health and so far gone. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alex. Exactly. No, no. So, okay. It's interesting. Float, float this. Cause I, I want some pushback on it. Yeah. John Maynard Keynes theory of economics is, so the Austrian school is, okay, supply, demand, etc. Like if you have times of bust, you let it bust. Like let's say you had uh, bad crops, you had like bad economic stuff, and now you have a decline in your market. Yeah, let it bust. The economic activity will come back and you'll get back on track eventually. John Maynard Keynes said, no, what you need is an active Federal Reserve to basically float the market with money. To because the goal of the the economy is to keep people showing up to work, from the perspective of the federal government. So employment is actually your goal. As long as people continue to have employment and work and productivity, even if debt goes way out the you know out the roof, and now all these companies owe all this money to the government. Well, the government's the creator of the money, so they can go in debt. They can say, yeah, have thirty trillion dollars or whatever we have now, right? Because the goal is just to keep people coming to their nine to five. And if you keep that going, you'll have actual material goods being produced while at the same time, the monetary number system thing can be abstracted and you can do whatever you want with it as long as people are actually being productive. So the Austrian school is you need an integration of the actual productive productive output of the people and the abstraction of that, which is the currency, which is the monetary policy, the fiscal policy. John Maynard Keynes uh, Keynes said, no, you actually don't need that integration. When you have a bust, float the money with market. Float the money with market. Float the market with money. Just give them as much money as they possibly want to keep people employed. Right. Right. Um, and that's what we've done over 2020 is quantitative easing, which is 0% loans. Here you go. Here's $10 million. Do, do whatever you want. You don't have any interest. Yeah. And you get it for 10 years. What about the you know, 60% of small businesses went out, went out of business? Exactly. So, yeah. So like how that's not productive, right? So you're flooding the market with money, but... To big companies. To big yeah. companies. So, I mean, what I've heard is... Um, it's called, uh, what is it, um, corporate capitalism, which is basically like a fancy term for not capitalism at all, but just socialism wrapped up in like government tied to corporations. I don't, it's, 
and I'm going to sound really unintelligent because I can't think of the source or who wrote it. Like Kane's guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, like the idea is like squeeze out small business, the you know the country, the government and large corporations should be who's in charge and get all like get everything to the point where those people are at the top and everything is just feeding into those systems. Right. So is that kind of like what Keynes is aiming towards? Just like it ends up being that way. Right. Yeah. I mean, small business. Well, there's kind of a romanticism regarding small business. Like it's local. It's you know all this type of stuff. But go down the street, and every other Pennsylvania and Ohio town has a McDonald's, a Walmart, a gas station, and etc. And yeah. small business ends up being a bourgeois like phenomenon where you get like a Leonardo's in Steubenville because you have a university population. But the the tendency of the market in America is always bigger. It's always like like you could have never imagined that Walmart would be displaced, but it got displaced by Amazon, who's even bigger than Walmart. You know what I mean? Yeah, like for sure. like that's the tendency of all these things. And and is that good or is that bad or is it neutral? This is the difficulty about any of these market things is you can't just categorically say bad like right. I, this is where i differ with a lot of like the new polity guys and some other people um who are in town who are like this is just bad amazon bad it's like well that's a little bit easier because amazon sucks but <laughs> but there you can never make it totally bad because what they're saying is there are always some goods there that they're providing that they're doing the power of the market is to um take the good and then make it transactable, make it commodified, make it, you can buy this, you can desire it, you can consume it, you can whatever. And you can't look at the people providing that and say, you're an evil person for doing that. It's like, no, you're not, you're providing something. But you could say like, okay, the existence of Amazon means whatever little small store you have will, the the tendency is for you to be destroyed and that covid just destroyed you because now all those people who are coming are getting stuff delivered to them um so the tendency is always going to be to, to displace now does everyone who sell on amazon are they all evil and is jeff bezos like the devil incarnate no but both can be true at the same time you could be displacing small businesses and not be pure evil itself it's a it's a structural problem before it's a who's morally right or wrong problem yeah i could see that but i could also see you know the tendency of going bigger 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 until the point where everything's concentrated in these big companies and the only it's it's not bad to it's not like i don't know like objectively bad to have all these large companies being the provider sole provider for anything in the market that's not inherently bad or objectively bad yeah but i think the problem with it comes with the agendas that they want to push politically when you wrap all that power into one entity it gets scary right because it's like well, what are they pushing politically yeah yeah i totally agree i think that something that is also important to, to bring up in conversation when it comes to like all the small businesses closing is that a lot of it had to do with just not being able to find employees because everyone was getting stimulus checks and so everyone you know you're getting you were getting paid more to do nothing than if than you were if you were working um, which i think just completely wrecked uh all the small businesses who who Right, don't have the capital to keep a place going without employees and, and, and stuff. Yeah, someone I know, um, they studied abroad in France a long time ago, and they were saying that this one person was like being super lazy at their job, and they kind of called them out on it. And the person was like, you know, 
doesn't pay to work harder, so why work harder? Dude, I do not. I had a bad experience with France. They, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, tell me about it. Oh my gosh, dude. So, uh, it's the train strikes. You guys heard of those, right? Oh no, dude, they are horrible, and they happen like every single month. France is so bad. I do not know how France is like the poorest country in the entire universe. Their their train strikes are I pathetic. It was horrible, and I've never, I've never heard about this stuff, and so. Uh, when I started abroad, I had a, a 10 day and, uh, I went to Lords with a buddy of mine and we took trains all the way there. We went, you know, uh, through Paris and, you know, saw some sites and stuff. But on the way back, we were like, we were told like the day before we were leaving, like, Oh, France may have a train strike. You guys might be screwed. <laughs> like good luck. And we were like, uh, Sorry, wait, wait, this was the day before this is the day before we were going back home. So we, oh, no. we, we traveled to France. Everything was great. Um, or we traveled through France to, to get to, um, uh, Lords and everything was great. But on the way back, that's when we, we were at a hotel and we realized that just all the trains shut down. There was a strike and you like, you couldn't go anywhere on train. And so we found a, a last minute, uh, plane ride back to, I don't, I don't know where we flew. We, I knew we flew out of Paris, but I don't know. even remember where we the flew. The silly into. Americans. They're trying to go my train. <laughs> Dude, it, it was. But I want to eat baguette. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get like a last-minute plane ride, which is super expensive. But I, I, I do not know how a system like that can operate on a on a consistent basis with just train strikes every single month. That's just beyond me. What What is the um, cause of that? I mean, the revolution. Ma- uh, French Revolution <laughs> two coming. No, I think it's just they want more money. And and I think that it's like it, it's almost it works, like a, yeah. I think it's almost a cultural thing. Like yeah, every yeah. single month the they strike, and every single month they get a little bit more money, and then they go back to work. And I'm pretty sure it's just the trains. Like it's not like all the bakers like once a month do a strike where we're not going to make any more no bread. baguettes for you. <laughs> you know, everyone who's hungry is just screwed. It's It'd be the next French Revolution. <laughs> Couldn't get your baguette in the morning. <laughs> Marcon or whatever's dead (laughs) like a month anyways so what do you think about that though with like big corporations like the the trend the trend of like everything going towards big corporations and all this power getting centralized in you know these large corporations like what what do you what's your opinion like is that something that is inevitable and we should just come to terms with or is it just like don't get me into my fun Marxist language Uh, oh where's Carl Carl's downstairs. Yeah, you're um, a Marxist. Uh, no, he's just right. I mean, just... <laughs> no. Well, <clears throat> so his his Marxist point with <laughs> just I'm not a Marxist yet. <laughs> but did you say yet? Well, well, look. If the idea is okay, if you have if you have capital or you you have property, then you can use that property to make more property. Right, and you can hire laborers to work on that property and make more property. It's not a Marxist point; it's just a, a capitalistic point to say those who have property, it's easier for them to make to to gain more property based on labor. Right? If you have the the Marxist term is the means of production. It's like okay, well, if Google has, you know, ten thousand employees and like they're sitting on a million dollars cash, well, it's probably easier for them to make another sorry, not a million dollar cash, probably a billion dollar cash. It's easier for them to make $10 million than you who have two employees and have like 15 bucks. Right. You know, that's just a simple like math point. Okay. 
Well, you just maximize that and you say uh, a Walmart who can take any, well, let's just do Amazon because they're the new Walmart. A Amazon that can take percentages off of the transactions and also the shipping fees, which is kind of where they're brilliant, their logistical thing and their, their online store, their marketplace. They take money from those who are selling things on their marketplace, right? They're charging rent for you to use the space. Um, they're going to make far more money than anyone who individually sells on Amazon, right? And then the way our, our stock market set up is um, the ownership of that company is public and you can buy and sell shares. And those shares are tied to market cap and that's detached technically from the actual profitability of the company. So you could have a time where Amazon actually misses earnings, but the stock goes up because there's perception that there's going to be future returns and greater profitability and stuff like that. So like Amazon sitting at like $1.7 trillion market cap in terms of ownership, and they have a certain amount of assets and whatever. So because they have most of the productive capital and because they're using it to create more and more profitability, they're they're always going to um, outstrip small businesses. So, and that that's that's not even like a contestable point. That's just like right. demonstrable over the last like hundred years. And yeah, and so you get larger and larger corporations, which is the reason why like all these still pro capitalist guys are like, oh, well, you need to like break up monopolies and all that type of stuff, but. If you have a system of capital where it's detached from any moral good, where there's no there's no hierarchy of values that beyond just I need to make money, right? Like at the end of the day, people talk about, oh, companies, oh yeah, they exist to make money, right? Well, if that's the case, then what that means is there's no inherent uh, system of values beyond, beyond just profitability. It's not like I want the maximal amount of people just to be healthy. Let's say if you're an insurance company, or I want the uh, I want people to enjoy the goods that they receive on the marketplace. It's how can I make the most amount of money off of the people who transact on my marketplace? So small business is um, it'll always be a dying breed in the system that we've constructed. And it, and it always has been. COVID was like destroying small business on steroids. I mean, it was just like ridiculous. Like yeah. none of them could have done anything, you know. That doesn't mean that like you can't make a successful small business still. But, and th- sorry, this is an extended rant. But no, no, um, it's good. One, one more thing. So venture capital. So there's a whole in- like a smaller industry. It's like the Shark Tank thing where what the goal of some of these companies is, is to scale as much as possible because um, what's, and they want to go public eventually because companies actually, like when you say, okay, so let's say you go public and you have a hundred shares of your company. It's called Oscorp (laughs) to use Spider-Man. So Oscorp has a hundred, a hundred shares of its company. And you buy owner, you you own ten shares of of Oscorp. What do you actually own there? Well, like where do you demarcate where the ownership of the company is? Is it how much money they have, like on their cash reserves? Is it the product they sell? Like the ownership of the company, it, it includes all of the corporate 
employees, everyone like that. It also includes the product. It also includes the consumer of the product. It's like when you buy an Apple share, you actually buy, in some sense, the ownership over the consumer who always buys Apple products. You That's the extension of that ownership ultimately, right? Um, and so, what was the point I was trying to draw about that? Um, so anyways, the goal of these these newer companies is to get as many people to buy your product as possible so as to go public, even if you're not profitable. So the idea is scale, because if you can scale, then the ownership of that scale is maximal. So, so companies like DoorDash, for example, um, they wanted as many people as possible to get delivery food. It didn't matter if it, if it, like they didn't hit profitability really, what do you mean what, by profitable? Like so, so yeah, yeah. I mean, assets over liabilities. Um, if their liabilities, if they were somehow negative, mm-hmm. the idea was like, <clears throat> even if we're delivering food at a loss, as long as we get more people, we can expect future profitability, right? That's interesting. Okay. And so the idea is uh, for venture capital guys, hey, I'm going to throw $10 million at this DoorDash thing because if they can scale and get as many people as possible desiring what we what we produce and then consuming what we produce then when we go public then we can extend that ownership and whatever shares we actually own to the company are going to be worth millions of dollars and that type of stuff mm-hmm. so it's actually the whole system set up to be anti small business because small businesses say we just want to serve a need in our local community and then just fulfill it but these these type of startups and Silicon Valley startups, all sorts of startups are how can we scale as maximally as possible in the shortest amount of time to get the maximal profitability based on our ownership. Right. Okay. So the systems like that's how you make the most like, like what's the mechanism to become a billionaire? Start a company that goes public with shares that you own that are worth massive amounts of money because tons and tons of people use your product. That's the actual mechanism of how to be a billionaire or own shares of a company that does that. That's venture capital, right? Small business, at least in this conception is, hey, my local community needs coffee or needs like a beer or like, you know, that type of stuff. That stuff, I, I'm like full send support. The venture capital, scale your business up, whatever. That's people trying to be multimillionaires and be Elon Musk and all that type of stuff. Right. So I don't really call it small business. It's like it's VC. It's venture capital. That's an extended rant, Mike. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, so like getting back to like the morality of it, right? So like, so obviously, like in your opinion, you think that larger corporations are going to dominate no matter what, indefinitely. So what's your opinion on like how do we like if that if that is indefinite, right? If these large corporations are going to rule over like our societies at some point or in the near future or whatever. How do we handle the limitations on power that they have over society, right? Like in the political sphere. So like if they control the market, what else can they control? What else can they demand? What else? Like, like where do we draw the line? You want to answer that, Anthony? <laughs> oh, uh, I mean. <coughs> that's an excellent question. We, we can try that. I mean, something that's very similar has happened in the past. I mean, talk about. Uh, 2008 and like the big banks like uh the united states was all i mean the thought of the day was that if banks become a certain size then they won't fail and so the government was supporting these you know 
was, was supporting these like I think there were probably like three of the biggest banks in the entire you know were like, like controlled the entire U.S. Um, and then when the banks failed, uh, you know, the 2008 crisis happened. I mean, that's just a portion of it. There's also you know a couple of other different factors, but um, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely a balance there. I mean, I think that uh, keeping companies at a certain size is definitely. Um, I mean, it's definitely something that uh, a government should be should be after. But I mean, we're talking about optimal situation or or current situation with, that we're dealing with in the U.S. I mean, obviously, money isn't the you know the be all end all. But I mean, that's, when it comes to the U.S., like that's uh, well, that's what people think, right? Right. Is right. When they you know when they come to the United States, they see these massive industries. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to. You go to Seattle, Washington, you got Microsoft there, you got Amazon, you got all these different places. And there's all these big tech companies, and so people see, okay, well, what the hell is this? And welcome to America, where it's massive corporations, the elite controlling. Well, we have small businesses in this country, some places better than others, some places that allow those small businesses to work better, right? Conservatism, smaller government, liberalism, bigger government, more control, okay? Those small businesses tend to work better when there's less government controlling them, right? The private sector's bigger, okay? That's, that's how that works. Well, thing is like, at a certain point, when we have these massive companies, these industries, think about how much they control, right? I mean, do you use Amazon? I use Amazon. I, I, yeah, I use Amazon. We use it, right? And we, and sometimes we're harsh to criticize these companies, especially in COVID. They went, they made so much money, obviously. Yeah. Think about it. I mean, Uber, yeah. Uber Eats is a huge thing. Everywhere I go, I see an ad of Uber Eats. We use these companies and they're only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But the thing is like, I'm going to use those regardless because of convenience, right? And yeah, yeah. And, and that's and efficiency, right? And efficiency. It's down yeah. basically efficiency. What is more efficient? Well, people don't want a inferior product based on you know well, inefficiency. The between convenience and efficiency, and like like let's say Amazon started like promoting like I mean obviously there's a ton of things that they promote that I don't agree with, but. I guess that gets into the whole question of like where does the morality come where in? Do you, well, where do you shop? Like, how do you like the morality of of, of what you support with your money? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's that's a super big. Well, think about think about um, tithing, right, or whatever giving money. That's giving uh, money to the church, right? Right, right, right. Okay, so already we have to some extent a, a moral obligation to do good with our money, right? Um. It sucks when I think about it because I'm like, damn, I don't, I don't really want to support these companies that do some things, but I do it anyways. I buy stuff on on Amazon or yeah, other places. Going to Walmart, going to like any large corporation, like you don't know where that money's going. Yeah. Like, I mean, part but, of it but is but that here's, you, but, you're kind of stuck. Like, yeah, like you're if, stuck. If you can't you, do anything about it. If you want to get yeah. like a T-shirt. How do you make sure that you're going to, you know, I get a go T-shirt to from a company to that's yeah. not going to support anything that you that you don't agree with? Like the, that's the, the control that they have is out of our realm of influence. And what I mean by that is, yes, we can make some difference, but in the grand scheme of things, 
we can't really do that much. 2008, the market crashed. People defaulted on their mortgages, mortgage-backed securities. Banks were getting no money. Everything went to shite. We've talked about this quite a bit. <laughs> everything yeah. went to shite because nobody could pay for their mortgages. Everything well, everything was... Yeah, but it's uh, not their fault. The banks were the ones that uh, right. approved those mortgages in the first place. Right, so nobody could pay it, right? right. And so right. people would literally have their um, wheelbarrows. They'd have wheelbarrows filled with cash. <laughs> and they I would go around. <laughs> but... <laughs> But this did happen in inflationary stuff, yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. So inflation was so high that people were carrying. Non two thousand eight. No. Wait, no, wait. I'm sorry. This that one thing. I'm thinking of the Great Depression. Where's that's the, when yeah, people yeah. did that. Oh, that's when oh, people. Not oh, two thousand eight. Okay, right, okay. Not in two thousand eight. Okay. The Great Depression. That would be really funny that. though. That would. Be I mean, funny. there's people used to do the that. The actual they Lehman Brothers walking out of their like. <laughs> they have photos of people wheelbarrowing, like running down the street with cash in there because it was worth nothing. Okay, where's my point? Well, it wasn't nothing. I mean, you could go to a lot of other extremes when it comes to. I mean, Germany. Uh, I think it was. In, I don't know what what time. If it was after World War Two, it was probably after World War Two. In there, you know, they had so much they were paying on. But yeah, there's so many photos of like kids playing with like stacks of of dollar bills because it was cheaper for kids to play with stacks of dollar bills than to actually purchase any sort of toys. <laughs> so my point is this: we have things to worry about in our life. You guys are both young married couples. Oh, yeah. Not you two aren't a couple. <laughs> you aren't. Yeah, stay you're, stay licking you're a distance nice married away. Couple. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are both young into your marriages, right? Yep. You have so many things to worry about. Like, <laughs> well, thanks, y'all. No, I'm just saying. But how all, can all you how can you worry trust and faith how how God. can you worry about oh shoot I got to think about where all this money's going to these businesses if I make one purchase on Amazon what's going to go to abortion or all these different things. You don't have time to worry about that. And so what's our natural reaction? We buy stuff off those sites like Amazon or other places. We do it anyways because we have too much to worry about in this life. Okay? Well, it's not because of worry. Is that a valid reason? <laughs> eh. I wonder if you can get biblical about that. Ooh. And you can let's like, do it. Ask yeah, the so master. Like, give to Caesar's not, what not is me. Caesar's. <laughs> right? There you go. That's like, perfect. Say again? Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Bro, I was about to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 because, yeah. So, like, I mean, the market's cyclical. History is cyclical. Things are going to happen. And the economy's going to go bust. And people are going to lose houses. And businesses are going to go out. And that's just the way life is. Like, it happens. And it happens in cycles. This isn't our home. Yeah, and so, yeah, exactly. Like, this is not our home. Like, we are not destined to be here forever. And so, like... Yeah, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, too, like you can't, like you said, like we, I have way too much to worry about. You know, I have to worry about, you know, my future or my child, my Finances. my my wife, our house, our everything. So I can't be worried about all these other things that are outside of my capability of of really necessarily doing anything. And this is kind of off topic, but I think this kind of segues into another interesting topic, which is like, I like to call it like, um, like conspiracy theology. So like conspiracy theology, conspiracy theology. So like a ton of people I know around here are always like, Oh, this, Oh, that like Pope Francis, this Pope Francis, that. And like, granted, there's a lot of things that he does that I don't agree with whatsoever. And like, you can even like go into like the whole thing about like, is Pope Francis the actual Pope? Like conspiracy, that's like legit conspiracy, like theology, right? 
Okay. And like, whatever, maybe there's good arguments for it. Maybe there's not. But at the end of the day, like, like give to Caesar's what is Caesar's like, like the church is like made of like, you know, it's, it's, it's made of like a spiritual component and, and the human component, the human component is always going to fail. Right. Right. And so like, at the end of the day, give to Caesar's what is Caesar's and focus on your own sanctity because like, I can't focus on all these other things that are outside of my realm of like, of actually doing anything about. So like, if there's a priest committing heresy in California, like I'm not from California. Like well, this happens all the time. Right, no. Like, okay, granted, like it happens in my hometown, Chicago, like left and right. Like there are sacrileges committed on the altar day after day after day after day. And there's nothing I can necessarily do about it because I'm out here in Ohio. Like I can stand and clamor and, and say something, maybe put something out on YouTube, but like what's what's that gonna like see that's the thing. What what do we actually how much of an influence do we actually have? That's what how I'm much saying. of an influence do we have through prayer? Through prayer, we have big influence. Through prayer, we have big influence. We are like, but we, we are have like to walk by faith. The enemy. Yes, like, we, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Dude, we yes, can we like, are. We're we, dropping we, bombs on that. Dude, we de- devilish God, city. I can pray for someone <laughs> across the world and and change change hearts, change. Oh my gosh, dude. We yeah, man. Like it does. It all that things are possible. That happens. God. Uh, which is very true. Um. Yeah, like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, we have so much to worry about, and this isn't our true home. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't. That doesn't mean that we can automatically just say, "Well, I don't really live in this world, yeah. so I don't have to worry." We have to live in this world. I, I want to pick up a thread. So the render to Caesar what is Caesar's is like, you know, he he has the coin. Like, oh yeah, give it back to Caesar. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to the things that are God's what are God's. He's like saying temporarily obey the system. No, he's not. He's saying well, like, he, no, 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 he's not. Well, in terms of like. Okay, well, well I, what he's saying I, I mean is it specifically okay, financially. Yeah. Like, what he's saying way. is, look, yeah, Caesar can give you what Caesar can give you, but God gave you everything. Okay. Like, right. at the end of the day, when we're talking about these large businesses and whatever, like, the financial apparatus is a part of the regime, and we don't live in a Christian regime. And so, whatever the system we live in, Caesar's coin is going to give you what Caesar Caesar's coin can. The myth of the market is that everything that exists can be transactable. But what are we doing right here? We're conversation, drinking beer, talking shit. Like that's oh, yeah. not a transaction. I'm not, you know, this isn't like uh, you're you're paying me and we're paying each other. It's just like genuine friendship. That's that's a non-commodity, right? Caesar's coin can't get you most of what reality actually is. It can get you like property to transact and what the myth of the market is what caesar wants to do is to basically claim a totality of everything as being commodifiable because because then if everything because property properly is an extension of the soul's dominion over the body where you're bringing rationality into the things that you own this is the reason why like if someone breaks into your house it feels like a physical violation because the house is an extension of who you are as a person and your property is properly an extension of who you are, that you own it. And that's a part of you in a certain sense. Like your body is a part of you, right? Um, it, it is you, you know? And so in a certain sense, your house is you in a, in a weird way. Right. Mm. And so what Caesar does, the, what the regime can do is basically commodify all of it 
make it transactable, and then you believe that Caesar's coin can get you anything. But it can only give you anything that Caesar can, you know, create the system over. Yeah. But if you basically don't, if you kind of like flippantly say like, oh, that's funny, Caesar's coin. But yeah, no, God created everything. And Caesar will never have total dominion over the whole thing. Then you've just destroyed Caesar's dominion in a real way. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a reassertion of reality over and against like what we're doing here in Steubenville. And it, it's been such... I, I got to say, guys, the fact that you guys have moved back here, lived here, whatever, like, is, I don't think you know how awesome it is. Dude, I, <laughs> I mean, you know how awesome it is, yeah, but like, yeah. it's better than you think because mm-hmm. what it is, is, is saying that, yeah, I could have gotten superior money elsewhere, whatever, but there are non-transactable goods that I wish to just rest in that I just wish to have those friendships and be in this community and be yeah. a part of it that is non-fiscal. It's non-fiduciary. It's non... Um, those are non-Caesar's coins goods that are I think that all important. gets summed up when... I don't know if you've had this experience of any any of you guys had, but when you tell someone, oh yeah, I live in Steubenville. Like, when I tell that to people, like, the face that I get, it's like, it's like no, no, no. Like, you, you don't understand, like... It's it's a whole thing. Yeah. It's okay that you don't understand, but yeah. if you live there, maybe you would. Dude, that happens all the time with wow. me because I'll be visiting with clients and they'll be like, oh, like, so did you grow up in the area? And I was like, uh, <laughs> not, not exactly. How do you explain And they're it? like, wait, and you're staying here? And I'm like, dude, I love it here. Like, this is like the best place to live ever. Yeah, absolutely. And they're like, uh, okay, weirdo. Like, <laughs> yeah. if, I was, if I could go anywhere that I wanted to, I'd get far away from here, but yeah. Dude, it, it, it's such an incredible place. And, and oh my gosh, being in a position like me where I'm able to like meet so many locals on a day-to-day basis, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Well, That's it's, awesome. it's an interesting concept getting to know the people of the region. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. It's really interesting because we all come from different backgrounds. Right. But when we put ourselves in a different situation than what we're used to, we come to a different place. I'm not used to, you know, the gang image right we never see him but just the like you know, you know what i'm saying is like in steubenville i'm talking about in steubenville right okay, okay. i've never you know steubenville's notorious for its gangs oh i didn't know that but there's gangs down there in oregon oh, I, I mean i know there's that shootings that happen yeah down there. i know i know i know i'm not used to coming into a certain area that's like that mm. but i kind of like it because it provides a unique challenge you like the you gangs. know what i'm saying dude my neighbors down here there's a guy in there that I'm, too loud. I, I'm consider. I think he goes in there and probably beats that woman or something. Cause he goes in there and he's like banging on the door and shit. And like this white woman walks out and she's like, not tonight, please. And he's like, I'll give him my God. Um, what were you trying to say with this? Uh, I'm not used to this area, but I hope you don't like that. And I do not like that. That's what I'm saying is that you get over the hump. But then once you get to actually know, like, all these people it's actually really cool because like you're building clientele yeah. right and you're getting to know people in different areas oh like gosh. that you're working that people live mm-hmm. and so when you learn the stories of those people you can actually start to understand the region better right yeah dude isn't that interesting you, concept you try to think about the people, yeah. yeah i mean think about how young we are okay and how old some people in this area are and just the the what are you referring just to? Just how many experiences 
these people have had growing up in the area for their entire lives. Like, everybody has a story. Everybody and has you know such, what, such an in-depth story. You know what my dad used to tell me is like, whenever we, you know, we're walking at home in downtown or something, there was a homeless person. We're like, that guy has a story. Yeah. I wonder what the hell that guy's story is. Yeah. It's probably something incredible. Yeah. And we'll never know. Yeah. There's so many people that have the most incredible stories. Last night, I watched a documentary on the homelessness epidemic in on the West Coast, right? Seattle, San Francisco. Oh, is there very, one? Very. Oh, is that, is that is that like now? Worst or? anywhere in the world. Because yeah. it's so it's so expensive over there. It's so so bad. Oh, okay, sure. I'm not from California, but it's so so bad. San Francisco and Seattle in particular because it's so expensive. The people that live there are getting beaten. They're not getting any basic, uh, I don't know, needs. Like, they don't have showers. Like, this woman gets some, you know, this homeless lady gets a few dollars and she just has enough to buy her kids a meal for one every four days. Right. Can't even take a shower. They use, you know, they go into a store and they go to the bathroom and she washes, she bathes, she bathes her children in the bathroom, just with the sink. These people are living in such desperate, dire, terrible situations. And look what we have here, right? Yeah. We're so blessed. <laughs> but these poor people that are homeless, they have absolutely nothing. You know what they have is they have people beating on them, wanting to get them the hell out of there. Yeah. Think about it. How would you feel if you had a homeless person in your front yard? Wouldn't your natural reaction be, well, I don't want this person here, you know, get the city to bring them somewhere else. Yeah, but right? I, I mean, that's just, be, that's just because he's a stranger. Like, if I, right, if I had a random stranger in my house, I don't care if he's a millionaire. If he's sitting in my front yard, I'm going to be like, uh, what the heck, dude? Get out of my front yard. But if he was a homeless person, don't even think about it as a stranger, wouldn't you kind of feel like, I don't want them there? Right? Yeah, that's how I mean, most people feel. And there's... Initially, there's nothing really wrong with feeling like that because you're like, well, this is just a weird situation. I don't feel comfortable with this, you know, but there's some, I mean, you go there and you see just tents on overpasses, people just lined up thousands of people, thousands that have absolutely nothing and they don't have enough services to help them. People are, they're just living in, it's so sad because those are some of the greatest people, and look what they have. Well, really, right? what, what what skyrockets homelessness is uh, minimum wage. Minimum wage yeah. is a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, and I'm not saying that these homeless people don't have, uh, you know, rights to anything or anything. But you know, if they spend an entire day, you know, and all they get is however much money they get, ten dollars, mm-hmm. something like that. If they could work an entire day and make two dollars a day, like that, that would that would work for them. And they would, you know, there there are so many different ways that the minimum wage just, you know, kills, uh, you know, people who do, like, really don't want to do all that much. Like, there are so many cash registers that are, or cashiers at, like, Kroger's and Walmart and stuff that are, you know, satisfied just doing a very mundane task. But that takes very little skill and really doesn't need to be... Uh, have the income that it that it that it has. Well, this is where we can draw the parallel of the rich, the elite, right? These massive companies mm-hmm. to us who aren't billionaires, millionaires. Well, the interesting thing is that there's there's an economic model. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but the 
the greater the distribution between the richest person in, in a financial market and the poorest person in the financial market, the better off everyone in the market is. So if there is like the like if we have I don't know how how how, how much is the most expensive person or the most rich person in America is two two hundred billion or two hundred billion. Bezos, I think. Oh, let's say that he like one of those. Let's say like in in twenty years, the richest person is twice his income level. Everyone off, everyone in the market is better off, and uh, you know, socialism, communism, like equaling out wages, just makes everyone more poor in every single situation that you look at. Well, it's really, it's really weird because it's like you go to these places. You know, the top three most expensive places to live in the United States. I think one is New York City. <clears throat> to his Sacramento or uh, Dude, San I Francisco. New York City. I drove through it for. I've never been there, but I don't really. I don't really have any care to go. It's to a New fun York time, City. dude. You went there. It's <laughs> at Kmart. I always have a blast when I go to Manhattan. When did you go? Uh, I've been a few times now. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Did you enjoy? Uh, last it? time I was go, uh, maybe a year ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was there last summer. Well, for Dan and I did his wedding. Yeah, I was there actually twice. Uh, Dan and I did his wedding in June. They're moving back uh, on yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, I know. Isn't I know. that amazing? I texted them. They're going to be here in like a week? Or no, wait. Wednesday. When? Tomorrow. They're coming tomorrow? <laughs> They're tomorrow? I think. Yo. I know. It's so cool. I'm so, so cool. excited. For Bring them all back. back, dude. Bring them all Everyone back. Everyone comes back. They got it. Literally. Um. Yeah, and then I was there in July as well, but... Always well, it's just dollar slice pizza. Like if I can get pizza <laughs> and Manhattan and then go to the park, I'm a happy boy. <laughs> I don't know, and, you know, the rest of it, whatever. But if I can get pizza, I'm fine. It was funny. Uh, Jen and I went through. Uh, my wife's name is Jen. My, my wife and I we went through um, New York on our way to Maine for our honeymoon, and we wanted to see the Statue of Liberty. You guys went to Maine oh, that's, for their honeymoon. That's hard to. Yeah, we saw the wrong home. side of the Statue of Liberty, so we saw our backside. And- <laughs> We Wait, were you in New Jersey or something? Yeah. Or? Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we, we just looked up, like, you know, Statue of Liberty <laughs> on Google Maps, and it took us to this place. <laughs> You're like, Statue <laughs> of Liberty. That <laughs> wasn't what I saw in the movies. <laughs> That's our lady's backside. <laughs> Lady ba- Liberty. <laughs> but, dude, I hate dri- I, I don't. I don't like driving in traffic. I like, I, I love it in Steubenville. Because there's very no traffic. traffic. There's so, there's my idea so of traffic so is nice. four cars ahead of me. Your what? My idea of traffic is four cars ahead of me at a stop sign. Bro. Dude, okay. Another thing. Okay, Steubenville. Okay, let me the finish. traffic, city, uh, no driving, you know, 30 minutes to get places. No, got to go to the other side of the city. No, we're, everything's here. That's right here. You can walk most places. Dude, yeah. I, 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 oh gosh. Uh, I've been talking to a couple of different guys about this, but... Uh, I can't remember the name of his last name, but Jacob's got like a big beard. Hyman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nope. He was talking about it. He wants to. Isn't there like some sort of project to like re uh, do the steps down to downtown from from up here? Oh, really? Yeah. I, I know people walk of... it back and forth, but oh, they, do they do yeah. already? They do already, but it's okay. grass. It's just a hill. Okay. Because I think that there 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 there's a whole bunch of different step. Um, Wait, what? Projects yeah, to walk everywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. awesome. There's there's a whole bunch of different um, like pathways and and like that's dope. There are a lot that are really not in a good um, uh, situation, but I, I've heard that there's different plans to to revive them, which I would absolutely love. That's that awesome. Sounds incredible. What what's so cool to me is you know we have eleven thousand people who live here in Steubenville. Really, you know, and we have these like old school historic 
you know, huge, crazy downtown down there, which is Fort Steuben. Yeah, like Fort Steuben. And all these like like why would you build a like fifteen story building in a place that now has eleven, you know, eleven thousand people. Yeah. But there's just so much potential. And it's like at our fingertips. It's not it's not this is the main thing. When you move to a big city, you're moving into someone not someone, but a different people's culture. You know, like you move to LA, you move to New York, you move to Houston or whatever. I don't have experience, so I'll just have to take your word on it. <laughs> no, but but you get assimilated into whatever the major culture is there, right? And I, I think we discount this point where people just are like, oh, Steubenville, yuck. I want to move to Denver. Wow. Oh, okay. Look yeah. at you, dumbass. My plan is to... We're I trying to convert Kellen to this. I, I don't think I'm going to be here much for much longer. Maybe like one, no, one more year, on. one more two years. Come on. I want to go back west, dude. Come on, man. I've been looking. I've downloaded apps on my phone, ZillowApartments.com. Yeah. I'm, I'm going west eventually, a few it's years. Mountain bike. west, dude. I got to get back on my Get bike, mountain bro. bike all the way down downtown. <laughs> oh. Down no. Dude. Washington okay, Do you have any idea? I, I, this place is great here, but I get depressed when... And I don't get depressed, okay? I drive towards Weirton and I go um, to the right of the, of the highway where you can eventually hit the panhandle, right? Right. I'm just driving up like a hill, but it's just dead trees and there's nothing there. I'm used to massive Come mountains, on, bro. Dude, I want an dead, ocean. Dead Think about trees. this. Dead, Look at this. No, 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 no. Look outside up, that window. Dead, imagine dude. if there was a beach on the... Imagine if there was an ocean and you could hear waves at night right past those houses. <laughs> that's very true would would you would you have any in, like would you want to stay here because of that no you wouldn't no, no. okay it so wouldn't, it wouldn't be for the ocean if Stephenville was on was on the 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 beach of the ocean i i probably would go to the ocean like maybe three times a year like he is married there, he gets held so back smart, dude. <laughs> like, really like, smart. My, that's my how wife. it actually works like yeah. how many times do you go to the ocean i'm three hours from the ocean Okay, how 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 far away are you from Lake Tahoe, the most beautiful place on earth? Definitely, by how far. far away. Uh, how often do you go? And a half. Once a year? No, probably like twice a year. Five or six, ten times a year. Five or six or ten times. Let's say three times. I do. Times. I Let do. the record say three well, times a year. Well, now I'm over here. Dude, no. Anthony's right. Yeah, dude, I, I know, San Diego. I, know, I, know I mean, I I would go. Probably Why'd about, you leave? I would, you have everything you want. You alcoholic. There's so much beer down there. Alcohol. You got to. You're you right, gotta, dude. The breweries, <laughs> the breweries in San Diego are unbelievable. Yeah, you got the beach. Well, we're gonna brewery down hot here. Hot SoCal babes down there, dude. Like it's everything you. Although you can't get a woman to save your life. Hot but. Cal babes. <laughs> dude, no, thank you. You're about to be intimately connected with the uh, asphalt outside your window. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have everything you ever want, but that's the thing. Why would you want everything that you ever everything want? Everything that you ever want, want except for want. a community, friends, and a beautiful yep. culture? Yep. That's well, not that, that your biggest thing is like, well, there's so many people here. I love it here. I don't yeah. really know too many people. It's not where it's who. Who yeah. am I with? Yeah. Who yeah. am I with? You know what I mean? And this is a demonstration of why I should be here. Yeah. <laughs> now, you fit Just well you here. Guys, you, know? you really fit well here. You fit well. You fit well. I, yes. I, I don't know, man. I, I like it, but... And I have a lot Dude, of friends just, here. You just need your bike. That's all you I, need. I do need my you bike. You need your bike here. Yeah, I, got, I, I, got, I, I got a bike with... Uh, <clears throat> not Nate Thibodeau, but the other Nate. What's his last the name? The other Nate? Um, oh, my gosh. 
Lemansky. Lemansky? No. <laughs> Neat. Oh no! <laughs> I need to get my bike out here, dude. I need to get. My, I'll ship my bike out here. There's no. There's. There's nothing but damn hills here, dude. Dude. See, I'm spoiled. Wait, That's wait, the problem. Wait, wait. It, I'm, I'm you said there's nothing but hills. Uh, I don't, I don't, don't you? Don't you bike on hills? <laughs> oh, you mean Look, there's no mountains? I'm used to riding down fourteen thousand foot mountains. What? Okay, but do you ride yeah, down no. fourteen thousand? Yes, there are, dude. Not in Cali. Yes, there is. Do you yes, actually bike down the whole fourteen thousand feet? No, you, you usually bike down from like ten thousand feet. So all you need is a ten thousand okay, foot. Okay, not four. Okay, but obviously you don't bike down. You don't ride down from the very you top. Ever, you ever you're hiked a fourteen Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did it with my dad. I hiked to 12,000. It's not. That's crazy. It, it takes training. Dude. My sister's hiked oh. Everest before up to base camp. What? Oh, 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 you, base camp. Do you know how it's much it, awesome. it, it's, you know how much it costs to hike Mount Everest? Uh, I, dude, I don't even. $100,000. $100,000? $100,000? $100,000. Holy crap. Because you're not guaranteed to come back, bud. All the Wait. Sherpas and all that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's talk about... Let's talk about that for a second. Let's yeah, talk I have a strong opinion about Sherpas. Ooh. All right. All right. I, I've never and, heard and that Mike's in my life. Mike's a strong Mike, guy. you are the first person who has a, a strong opinion on Sherpas <laughs> I've ever known. Know so, wait, 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 wait. I'm ready to hear this. I'm ready to hear it. Right. Wait, hold on. Explain what it is first. What is it? Sherpas. Wait, do you know what a Sherpa is? Someone who helps like you carry your pack, right? Like a drink. Wait. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sherpas are the ones. They're, they're okay. native to... Um, to, to Mount what's Everest. Mount Everest called? Uh, Nepal. Nepal. They're, they're yeah. native Himalayas. to Nepal. The Himalayas, right? Yeah. They live there. And they know the mountain better than anyone else. Oh, so <laughs> basically the country, the government has has created and incentivized them to stay there and help tourists go up and down Mount Everest because it's a huge form of profit for the country, right? And for the government because the government gets a little, or if not all, of the money that's coming in from you know, people wanting to hike Mount Everest ever since it's become a thing since, I don't know, was it the 60s a or 70s when it was ago. first? Yeah. Right? On it, they couldn't find their bodies. They're like, I want to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so, like, there's, like, like Sherpas are, like, bred to help what? tourists up. Like, that's, Wait, like, they, they are bred well, or like, trained? I mean, like, essentially, like, they, they grow up there, they live there, like, like the any male Sherpa... Like you best believe they're going up and down Everest like oh, they know every other week or every week or whatever. Like, oh wow! Like that, like that's what they do. Holy they cow. they go up and down Mount, the Mount Everest and they take people and tourists up there. However, like you guys have said, it's extremely dangerous to hike Mount Everest. Like there's a very high chance of of fatality. There's a very right. high chance that you're gonna lose your life if you hike Mount Everest. And people are okay. People are okay with doing that and like whatever. Like I don't agree with like intentionally risking your life for a thrill. Like cool, like you climb Mount Everest, but no one really cares. And like True. <laughs> you're gonna I'm go not, up to heaven, you're gonna be like, I climbed Mount Everest. Everyone in heaven's gonna be like I'm uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm good with just going climbing a fourteen or to challenge myself. I don't need to go risk my life and climb Mount Everest because what's the point? Like what's the view at the top? It's not gonna be much different. But anyways, my yeah, point I think it's gonna be a little bit different, but like, okay, I, cool. I, know, like, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But like the point is like, okay, so these people are, are they're they're cool with risking their lives, which I'm not. But here's where I get really mad. They're cool with paying someone, and granted, they're taking the payments, but are they really taking the payments, or is the government forcing them to take the payments? They're cool with paying people to risk their life to take them up because they're not skilled or qualified to do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Big problem with that. Yeah. Big, big... I I, I do not... If anyone comes up to me and says, 
I hiked Mount Everest. I'm going to say, did you hike with a Sherpa? And if they say yes, you best believe I'm never talking to them again. <laughs> oh! Wow. No, I believe you. This guy has strong feelings about this. No, I believe yeah, you. There's it's nothing a, it's wrong a big, with that. like, yeah. Why would you risk someone else's life to do something? Like, it's just stupid. Bragadocio. Yeah, it is definitely. Bragadocio. Yeah. Exactly. What is this in Italian? What's that? Braggadocious. Yeah, and you just want to brag about it. Right, right. Oh, okay. And yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm cool with going to hike at 14 or challenge myself. And yeah. Yeah. Necessarily be like, you know. It's big government. It's government funding people to take other people up, even though they're risking it. Even though these people may, you know, know what they're doing. There's storms on the top of Everest that happen all the time yeah. with no warning. You take them up there, there's a real, real high chance of you not coming back. Yeah. And like you're saying, the government paying people to do that, that is definitely not a good thing. It comes back to everything. The, the government, the governmental influence in our society, right? It's everywhere. In our society or the world? The world. It's everywhere. It's Caesar. Little Caesars. Little Caesars. Oh, good pizza, dude. Pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. Dude, I go to, dude, I go to little, dude, I go to Little Caesars and I get like 10 pizzas for 50 bucks. You go to Domino's, you know how much it costs to get 10 pizzas? No, 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 no. You get, you get, you get, wait, 10 pizzas? 10 pizzas yeah, for 50, 50 bucks. bucks. Yeah, dude. You go to That's, Domino's, you pay $250 dude, for 50 little pizzas. Little Caesars is Dude, Domino's is such a ripoff. Yo, Domino's is good. Domino's it is good, but it's... It's good, but... It's, I can't... I'm Italian. I don't even taste the yeah. difference between pizza... Pizza well, pizza's not Italian. Caesar's. Yes, it's it American, is Italian. Though. Come on. It's it not American. It's it's Italian. I don't know how Italian it is. I know pasta. Domino's? No, 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 no. Domino's tastes like shit. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Dude, I miss little, like, cafes on the street in Italy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have a an espresso. Espresso. No. Oh, dude. Those were the days, man. Were the I, days. I didn't care for those at all. Mike, you were in Austria with me, right? Yeah. That's yeah. right. We were yeah, all in yeah. Austria together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. We were, yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm a loser. <laughs> I'm a loser. <laughs> loser yeah. Jenna was in Austria day? with us as well. Yeah, yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, we went Tell us semesters. about your 10 day, Mike. Yes. Woo! I went to. Um, to Israel, I went to the Holy Land with um, bro. We were oh, there. Yeah, I we saw were you there. guys. I <laughs> saw you. Guys. You guys, yeah, yeah. yes. Okay, tell, we'll tell this story. All right, all right, do it, do it. Right, so, yeah, okay. I know you guys have a lot I of Israel it. stories. Who's telling what story? No, no, no. Kellen, uh, oh, I'm telling yeah, the Israel story. What you guys did that day. Yeah, yeah. So okay, that, that day. We'll say what we did. All right, you we guys. Met some, yeah. Okay. You know, so Anthony doesn't know the story. This is so, the most insane thing. It's not it that could, insane. It been anywhere in the Holy Land. I guess it's that. I guess it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> All right. So, so right. a group of us from Franciscan, right? We went with. Um, well, how many there? There's like 10, 15 of you guys. There's like ten. All right. Okay. So we went with um uh the uh the order. It's not an order. It's something. The Beatitudes community. Father Anthony. Was it Father Anthony? I think it was Father Anthony. Father Anthony Edwards. Yeah. There's a Father Anthony. He's dude, super bro. cool. Super cool dude. Funny stories about Father Anthony, all that, whatever. We're going through with him. He's leading us through. It's like basically a guide through Israel. It's like this whole thing with the yeah. community. And it's beautiful. It's awesome. Anyways, we're all going. We're all going. And then we're going to, um, ah, man, we were going to a church, but I honestly can't remember what the, the church was or the significance. I want to say it was. Was it Mount of Beatitudes? Church of the Beatitudes? I don't think so. Were you guys both in the same place at this time? Yeah, so so we're, okay, we're going okay. with the group of the 10 of us from Franciscan okay, with yeah, Father yeah. Anthony. It was on the Sea of Galilee. And we just, yes, it was on the Sea of Galilee. Capernaum. Yep. And we just randomly 
happened upon Kellen and Alex. <laughs> and we're like, we're like, well, it was this road, and the road connects the you to like the Church of the Beatitudes and like the Sea of Galilee. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, this, oh, that's like Franciscan 20, students. Like a group of 20 people up. And it was me and Kellen went alone. It was just us. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. So, okay, where, where did you guys go? Yeah. Where did you guys go on that day? By the way, oh, didn't shit. you guys yeah. wake up every morning at like 6 in the morning and move? Like yes. go to place? Yeah, Alex was... and I woke up at like 10 a.m. and shit and just did stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, were like, we literally were like... We got McDonald's every day in this Nazareth. Is, that's your fault. <laughs> that's what he did. He would every he would wait, go wait, to the McDonald's every. This fat ass like, always went like, to the McDonald's. He wanted to eat McDonald's. Where, Alex, let's actually try some of the local I didn't food, see. Dude, I want my freaking twenty-four McNuggets. Oh, I didn't yeah. see. I mean, there probably was one. I must have missed it. But like, where the hell was there a McDonald's? <laughs> Uh, I, saw, I saw falafels. I saw falafels <laughs> everywhere <laughs> we went. That's like all they was like falafels and non bread. That was my diet. I was very like utilitarian about it. I, I was just like, look, I need food so we can go see cool stuff. So I was like, whatever, whatever's around. It was usually yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> it was, was hilarious. Was it like what different was, McDonald's though? There were no bacon cheeseburgers. <laughs> so so. The- <laughs> Okay. I, I was gonna say okay everyone rips on people for going to other countries and then going to mcdonald's however yeah. mcdonald's assimilates to each culture individually so it's yes, like yes, okay okay so yeah go get the cultural food but like come on what are the people eating on a regular basis it's the cultural mcdonald's <laughs> so you want you want to experience the culture go to their mcdonald's that's no actually, bacon cheeseburgers no, that's actually a good point no the cheeseburger the burgers were huge i'm yeah. not even kidding they were like nine bucks but they were huge <laughs> Okay, but so fatties out there, am I right? <laughs> Dude, the people in Tel Aviv were the most gorgeous people I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Yep. <laughs> he couldn't stop did, staring. Did you guys at go to Tel Aviv? Did you guys go to Tel Aviv? So, literally everyone. Oh, how about our story? Everywhere on the beach, and they're all like in perfect shape. Yeah, that's bunch true. of Jews. <laughs> um, wow. Anyway, those Maybe big Jewish men. Oh, oh yeah. No. <laughs> I'm not racist, but. Only against Jews. <laughs> I mean, we are talking about finances. Yeah, dude. Oh. dude watch, watch Bloomberg. It's something about Jew after Jew after Jew. Anyways, I re- I don't regret that joke, but continue. <laughs> no, I had nothing more to say. I already. Said um, it. you say everyone's gorgeous in Tel Aviv. Yeah, dude. Not I mean, you. They are, yeah. You no, not me. No, <laughs> not me either. Not me. <laughs> not me. I had my Islamic beard while I was there. Was so here we got questioned. We got questioned in the airport because this guy had a big ass beard on him, and oh, I was curious. Oh, they they asked me, "Do you have any other passports?" I was like, "Yeah, I got my Swiss passport with me." And wait, they questioned wait, wait, me like, wait, wait, wait. "Why other, the hell do you have a Swiss passport?" Other passports? For the hell of it! What? Are you from Switzerland? Well, I have Swiss family, so Swiss blood basically. So that's how he's it works. a liaison for a big bank. He. Muzzles funds. Do have offshore account, oh, offshore oh, accounts? Money, money laundering. <laughs> money laundering. Yeah. I know. I, I do have yeah, offshore exactly. for terrorists. Like offshore me. accounts in Switzerland. That's the way to go. Swiss have the best banks in the world. No, I know. Banks. They're also the most corrupt banks in the world. No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, best for the uh, no, 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 bank. Hook me up with some <laughs> Swiss banking. Yeah. Um. Where the hell was I going with this? What was you guys like just saw each other. You guys waved. Was there like? It was Nothing. so weird because they, they were walking. We were already down to the bottom of the hill. They were they were walking down the hill and they started waving at us. I was like, "What? Who, who's Alex? Who's that?" All of a sudden, I noticed like 
I think Mark Anthony was there. I noticed Mark Anthony and oh, some yeah. other guys. And they're like, hey, I was like, hey. <laughs> um, That's hilarious. Where'd you guys go that day? Oh, that was you the day we You want to take the jail pass? Yeah. Jail so, pass? We should have we gone to an Israeli to get, prison. That's what should have yeah. happened. We were trying to get to the Mount of Beatitudes. There's this church up there, right? So the Sea of Galilee, sea level, <laughs> and then there's this kind of hill. It's not a mountain. This, this To mountain start the story, this guy's a, a jackass so. trespasser. Trespasser. Oh, did so, you guys jump over the fence? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, so I, I'm like, I'm like oh, well, I see up there, there's the church. Okay, I see this kind of path. Like, Maybe there's on. like a footpath that you way. see that up there? So we we hop this fence, we go on this footpath, and I'm like, oh shit, this is definitely not a path to the church. <laughs> it's like banana fields. There's all these banana fields, and I'm like, we're trespassing on banana fields. Did you guys okay. eat any bananas from the banana uh, No, so, we no all we ate was freaking mosquitoes and Ew. humidity and... Dude, stuff. Humidity is horrible. This got e- no, got even bad. worse. So we we get to the like the outside, and there's just like cliff on like half of it. Like you can't scale it. It there's a fence. Like there's no way we're getting in. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. So we start walking around the right, and eventually we find this opening, and there's a fence, and it's one of those fences that's like um, not not super intense, but on the top it just has like metal poles. So I'm like, oh. okay, we'll hop it. So we hopped the fence. My shirt got like ripped. Mine did too. It, yeah, because it got hooked on the one of the poles. Yeah, one of the poles. So we go over, but when we land, it's in like two feet of mud, oh, God. and so our our feet are just caved. Yeah, we you get, guys told this story on one of your other podcasts. We get over the other side, and there's like this garden that you're not supposed to be in. So us two being jackasses, we just take leaves off of the trees. Oh, my God. We, start we start wiping, wiping our feet. And wiping then there's our like shoes this four off. foot nun that like is outside the church and we eventually go up she's like oh excuse me very dirty and we were like yeah (laughs) (laughs) take off our shoes and the whole thing so that was after we saw mike and all that okay i did hear that you guys slept outside one of the nights is that right didn't you guys sleep outside sleep outside on the mount of no no no, mount tabor yeah and there were scorpions that went all around you guys Yes. Scorpions. Scorpions. We slept outside. We were there for it was ten days, not twelve. It was That's ten days. The place we didn't hit was Mount unfortunately. Ten days out of ten days, we slept outside. Eight of those days. Eight of those days, we slept outside. What I actually really liked, I thought whoa, it was awesome. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, like outside, outside, like no tents, no nothing. I had like a, a sleeping bag. Yeah. So some people did a sleeping bag. I had a hammock. I chilled in the hammock. Hammock? Awesome. I hammocked for eight days. Did you have a blanket? That's the way to do it. Some nights got real cold. I won't lie. But it was better than what happened to some other guys that were on the floor. So this one dude, I'm on Tabor. He's all asleep, all cuddled up in the dirt on his sleeping bag. And (laughs) he feels something like a a large tarantula crawl over his hand. Oh, my gosh. And he, he, like, wakes up and, like flips his hand and this thing is just sitting there and he realized it wasn't a tarantula it was a scorpion and he took a rock like the size of like you know his palm and he just crushed the thing like to bits and pieces and like yeah yeah i I mean i don't know how poisonous that scorpion was but i'm sure it's yeah yeah yeah. well no 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 so I don't oh, know if this is universal, but the smaller the scorpion, generally the more. Um, they, don't know how to, they don't know when to stop. They let all, all their what? venom out. Uh, I don't think so. I think they're just their their venom is more potent the smaller they are. Well, yeah, he's from the west coast. They don't know how to yeah. when to let it out. What? I don't know. 
Generally with generally with rattlesnakes and scorpions, the babies let all their venom out because they don't know when to stop. The mother. Oh no, I'm not talking about babies. I'm talking about like within like different species of yeah. scorpions. Yeah, the smaller yeah. they are, the generally the more. Yeah. It, either way, it was some type of scorpion. Terrifying, crushed, nonetheless. I don't care how it. how venomous a scorpion is. So that was hilarious. Terrifying. And they also got like eaten alive by like fire ants. Oh no! And so like that's so no. bad. A couple of people woke up and looked like they were just like full on breaking out with acne, but it was like the entire face and everything. That's terrible. Dude. It was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> but um, no, it was it was super cool because like I slept right next to the Sea of Galilee in a hammock, and it was like like I don't know, just like thinking about it, I'm like, obviously not the hammock unless there was like a primitive type of hammock but like this is like what jesus and, and the disciples would have been doing yeah you know? like, absolutely wow. so that was that was super super cool but um you know that was that was a good time i had another thing i wanted to say about that trip but how much did you guys have to pay for that trip i want to say all in it was like 600 700 bucks how much did we pay no idea plane flight was what no idea it was like ridiculous remember. plus airfare it was whatever. pretty cheap it was ridiculously cheap for like, because if you go to like a big church or something, or like you go through some whatever tour, it's all it's expensive. But so like it was definitely like the cheapest. I think it's definitely like far more expensive if you're if you're trying to go from like the U.S. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like from Europe, it's really chill. Do you guys it makes sense. On the way back through customs, we got there like four a.m. and the line was like a mile long. Yeah, that, was long. You, that was terrible. You remember that? The customs was really bad customs in and out of so Israel. Bad. But before we, you know, when we were going to Israel, Alex had this huge beard. And, you know, <clears throat> Israeli air is always on terrorist alert. I mean, they are. Is anyone are. not? Is it, does anyone say they're officially not on I terrorist mean, No, yeah, there, there's a lot of people that don't like the Jews. So, <laughs> so Alex goes and in not there. for entirely wrong his beard, His beard was huge. I'll tell you a little story. <laughs> I was walking into the Mensa, and Alex met me. Right when he was walking out. So literally opened the door and he was right there. I didn't notice him for a split second. His beard was huge. It was down to here. It was like a foot long. Wait, did you like not see Alex for like a couple weeks? Or I like looked long. at him, right? <laughs> long time. About a year. Something like that. Yeah. It was deep. It was gnarly, yeah. That thing was Dude, I remember. Thick. It's impressive. <clears throat> and so now it's at, not. We're at yeah. the... <laughs> now you're shaved. Now it's gone. Yeah. We're checking out and they're like... They literally questioned him for like 10 minutes about certain things and they asked do you have any other passports and i brought my swiss one with me and so they, they were like why the hell do you have a swiss passport that's what everyone what are you an assassin <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah probably are i mean so it was it was weird. we eventually got through but that was the italian was mafia awesome. dude one of my friends from back home her grandfather was on the front page of rolling stone wow and he was a mafia dude Jeez. I know people in the mafia. I have some mafia friends, bro. They're, it's I some, will not mess with you. Some Don't serious worry. stuff. Dude. Mafioso. Mafioso. So my wife is half Italian, and her sister... Oh, yeah. Half Italian. Yeah, wow. yeah. Her sister... What's, wait, wait, um, what's her mother's last name? Her father. Anzalone. That's Italian. Anzalone. So anyways, her sister married an Italian. And wait, you, can, you super... made us Mexican food when we went to your house for dinner. <laughs> well, it was good Mexican food. It was good it? Mexican <laughs> food, but I used to make Italian food. Don't knock it, Anthony. <laughs> I'll pull a Will Smith on your face, all right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on, Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> no, so... um. 
<laughs> yeah, so her sister married another Italian, and they're like a very Italian family and everything, but at their wedding, they had like ridiculous amount of people at their wedding, mm. and um, there were like two families that couldn't be seated next to each other because of like like mafia beef. And so, like, Jeez. they were like, don't sit the Carbonardi family next to the <laughs> Masaluni family because, you know. They'll throw a lasagna at them. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, it got so, like, from, from my understanding, from what I've heard, it got so bad that Mike, um, his name's also Mike, my brother-in-law now, um, he was, like, getting death threats. Like Damn. if you if you during us, the wedding no like prior to the wedding like if oh, like sure. if you seat us next to this family like you know like you're gonna wake you up with a wait. horse head in your That's bed. How uncivilized Italians are, dude. Italians They're are messed so up. Uncivilized. You come terrible. to me on the day of my daughter's wedding, yeah, asking me for a favor. You know how, you know how much my other my mother you know how much my mother yells at me. Dude, do you know? How, like, do you mean like? Do you mean like now or like when you were a child? Now. Dude, do we now talk about how naughty you are now? Oh gosh, don't get us on that. Distance, <laughs> Anthony. Uh, okay. Um, interesting. That's a crazy story, though. That that would be that's that would wild. be really worrisome. Yeah, that's that's. Y- um, you don't get this one seat to next to each other. <laughs> Damon, sleep with the fishes. There's some problems. <laughs> Looping back around, I wanted to bring this up back when we were talking about hospitals, but uh, in one of my this is really class, full circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. A long time ago, but uh, there's there's a hospital. I think it's in. Uh, I can't remember the name of the state off the top of my head, but um, it has a website where you can like look up how much, how expensive every single type of like surgery Operation. and different operations are. And it's like, I don't know what the percentage is, but like 50% less than any other hospital that you go to, which is really interesting. And my economics professor was talking about like, this is what would happen if hospitalized were to be, um, gosh, what's the word? Like not... Um, like privatized, hmm. they're pri- privatized, and uh, they'd all have like websites and be hospitals. No, uh, that's a great question. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. A lot of most. I don't think most hospitals were started privatized. by Catholic nuns. Many hospitals in this country were started by Catholic nuns. I mean, that's possible how it started out, but I'm pretty sure that all of them are like controlled by the government now. I I actually don't know if there's any private hospitals. I mean, I don't know. If, uh, well, I think it's a damn certainty. good idea. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure that like, and and that's why they can't. Like, I'm pretty sure that. Uh, I mean, I don't know the legalities of stuff, but if you go into a possible hospital, there's they're not going to show you. There's no prices in there. Yeah, like, no, it's not. Oh, how you're going to get a concussion. Oh, this is how much it's going to cost up ahead. Like, you go in and then you get a bill afterward, and you're like, crap, this is. You know, twenty two thousand or twenty thousand dollars for the. I have a book in there, Anthony. Pull it out. It's that um, blue one, right there. Uh, the big one on the right. Yep, that one. It's called the Psychology of Persuasion. I've heard of that book. It's very, very good. Over five million copies sold. <clears throat> I'm almost done with it. Right, fun fact: You know what the most uh, the book with the highest selling rate is? The Bible. Yeah. 
Is it the Bible? Basic information nice. before leaving Earth. Do you also know the uh, the book with the most amount of stolen copies is? The Bible. Also correct. <laughs> <laughs> most That's a of, good thing. The most amount of stolen copies? Yeah, believe it or not, the Bible. How, how, how do you define a stolen copy? Well, like someone who like... Like, like I... I, I out of like a Barnes and Noble. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I want to know the ways of God. Thou shalt not steal. I guess you got to return it. Why do you today what you can do tomorrow? Okay, I guess you gonna... <laughs> I'm at a dome. <laughs> so, do you not know what your left hand is doing with your right hand? <laughs> I don't know. It just happened. It just... I, I, I still do, I still do I not just, understand that. I just that. walked out of the Barnes and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a good read. <laughs> The chapter that I read today was called Scarcity. And basically what it's talking about is in... Okay, so let's break it down, right? The psychology of persuasion. What is persuasion? It is the act of trying to get someone to be on be on the, the same page with you in a certain aspect, right? Like you're trying does, to does, get them into... Lure them right, into something, right. a product that you're selling. In in uh, the book's definition, does it talk about its relevance to the truth? Like, in me persuading you, does it have anything to do with it if it's actually true or not? Like, I can persuade you that the beer that we're drinking tonight is absolutely horrible, <clears throat> which would be a lie. You better not talk shit about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does talk about... Uh, yes, it talks about well, actually, like, valid things, like what you're buying or what you are. But it, it doesn't really reference too much, like, truth, okay. like, it, religious It's just kinda. you agreeing with what I have, yeah. you know, a certain opinion on. So today I was talking about scarcity. Mm-hmm. And it, it's there's so many mind-boggling things in that book. If something is scarce, right, is it naturally more attractive? Yeah, naturally more valuable as well. Yes, it's Not more valuable. Attractive, but right. more valuable. It's attract. It's more attractive. Right. This and comes it's more to valuable. A, a, like a very basic uh, law of economics, where the right. more the more you have of anything, the less valuable it becomes. Right. And so it was talking about. <sighs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. The the more you have of one particular item, the less valuable it becomes. <clears throat> It becomes less no 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 it becomes less valuable for you like let's say right right not not well well so it, it, it's in reference to the individual so let's say that I have uh, like if I have my if my house is full of beer this is like bartering system that sounds great and someone's like oh I'm gonna give you beer if you give me beef and if I don't have a whole lot of beef I'm like no 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 I, I already have a lot of beer I don't need any more beer. <laughs> I want to keep my beef. I'm not going to trade with you. But on the other hand, if I had a house full of beef and this guy was like, oh, like, would you give me some beef if I give you some beer? Then I'm going to be like, heck yeah. I, I want some more beer in my house. So I'll, I'll give you this beef. I have an abundance of it. And so it's less valuable to me. It's a pretty uh, <clears throat> flat statement of. of and there are more things. It's really that, interesting because yeah. dude, if you think about the future, asteroid mining. Oh, dude, asteroid it's going to like. Dude, that would be that. That's like 
super future forward thinking, but it's going to totally disrupt. Tell me about oh, that. I, I, actually, I have I no this. idea about that. I well, actually I have no idea. It's, it's I've all, never I've never heard speculation. Heard of that. I mean, it's like it's like looking to the future. Like, okay, what's the next biggest thing going to be? I mean, like, well, are we talking about like sending people to Mars and they're mining the? No, 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 no. Sending robots, <laughs> not to Mars. <laughs> you know what an asteroid is? <laughs> not let's, Mars. Let's go to Mars. No, not and Mars. Mine asteroids. No, 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 no. Okay. Dude, uh, I Elon wish I Musk was. Elon Musk is trying to get you know, something. Uh, I, I, I want to do... Oh, interesting. We need to talk about it. Wait, 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 wait. You want to stay in Stimmonville because of the people, but then you're going to leave all of your friends <laughs> no, wait, to wait, go to Mars? You're an idiot. Wait, stop, uh, stop. I want to sign other people up to go to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> like, people I don't want to be around. You're sounding like a capitalist. To Mars. So, Kellen, I think, would make a great candidate. <laughs> you just go to Mars. <laughs> get, get I got the whole damn possible. thing to myself. I'll be the Martian, bro. See you later, Dude, man. that's great. <laughs> See you, bro. <laughs> right, so, yeah, so, like, okay, there are people that are literally signed up to go to Mars, right? And they know that, like, okay, it's a one-way trip. Like they're not coming back. Like That's why a, I would send them. There's a chick who's like 18 Bye, years old who's on that. Like she's signing her life away to go on it. I think it was like yeah, I'm, I'm, talking about it but there's something. so many people that are already signing their lives away. I mean, so many people. Like, it's a hoax. Your life away to something is, is something that people do it's a all hoax. the time. Tesla a isn't a hoax. The car of Tesla isn't a hoax. <clears throat> the moon landing was fake. <laughs> Let's there go. go. Conspiracy theory confirmed. Um, oh, dude, dude we, we've done a lot dude, of conspiracies. We, okay. yeah, we, need, we should talk about a few conspiracies, oh, dude. No. Okay, Kellen, Kellen, you can't get me down this path. I don't want to go off. What was my original point? What, what, the, what conspiracy? Uh, <laughs> you were talking about this. You were talking oh, about persuasion. Really and okay. then we started talking about how something that's invaluable or something that's scarce becomes more valuable. Okay. The, what was it? In... California, the Redwood place, where the Ooh. world leaders would meet. Hmm? Oh, oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah you know Bohemian that Grove. Bohemian Grove. I, I'm going to go there, dude. This summer, dude. Yeah, wait, I, te- wait, wait, I texted wait, my wait, priest. Wait, wait, wait. Dude, where all the homosexuals are. I texted the, my priest. I said, "What's going on here? We're going to go in the wreck shop, Father. We're going to get the incense. We're going to get holy water. We're going to be splashing trees and shit, dude. That's 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 some good stuff. With uh, oh, Father, what's his name? Father Estrella. <laughs> Estrella, yeah, yeah, he's great. Uh, he's basically dude. Hell yeah, I'm all about holy water, dude. Holy water, bro. That's a good thing. <laughs> I bathe myself in that in that stuff every morning. Imagine if our wait, literally. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Wreck shop. Wait, did you finish your thought earlier, Kellen, about scarcity? I don't even remember. Scarcity. Okay, people are more attracted to something that's scarce. Right, right. But here's another thing there was a study that was conducted. There was a jar of 10 cookies and there was a jar of two cookies. Mm -hmm. People that had the jar, that took cookies out of the jar with 10 cookies, found it more desirable, better tasting. Than the jar of cookies that had two cookies. That doesn't even make any sense. But what's the point here is that wait they found it more. They, like they're the they same found cookies. it more appeal. Yes, they're the same cookies. You sure that the jar of two cookies weren't like raisin cookies or something? No, something no, no. Like that? they were the same cookies. <laughs> okay, same cookies. They found the jar of ten cookies 
more desirable than the jar of two cookies. Okay, they're, they're, like were these like individuals in a secluded room? Because we can go on a whole other rant about doing something together makes it so much more important. Like drinking a beer by myself, it's like, okay, it's good beer. But drinking beer with friends and it's like, this beer is one of the best beers that I've ever tasted in my entire life, regardless of the quality. Cheers. The point cheers, of this, <clears throat> the point is that People, okay, so there's always been items that have been scarce, right? Right. But there's some items that are scarce for a certain amount of time. People find that the items that are scarce for a certain amount of time are more appealing than the ones that have always been scarce. So, uh, think, bring him so, an example. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know what it was. Like yeah, basically, that's just scarce there was less cookies in that jar. Oh, like, <laughs> like, like, maybe, um, like maybe like, uh, endangered animals, like they are scarce for a certain amount of time and maybe like they're more valuable than, I don't know, diamond or gold or platinum. Or Illegal meats, Alex. <laughs> that was one old of our school. first podcasts. Old school. Um, Dr. Brenninger called in and he asked, Hey, what is, uh, your favorite illegal meat? Wait, he called you guys? We we're like, we're in this, the. Uh, dude, this Franciscan is in the studio, in the Franciscan studio. studio. <laughs> dude, we're at, like, I said gorilla. Episodes. Yeah, I know we have a lot of episodes. We're crazy. Would you? Okay. Last question. Yeah. Would you find? Okay, two questions. Wait, this is the last two thing. questions. The, uh, bear. Gorilla. <laughs> I said gorilla. I said bear. I think. Bear's yeah. not illegal. Yeah, bear's <clears throat> not illegal. You can hunt really? Bear. You can hunt bear. You can hunt yeah, bear. I didn't know that. <clears throat> wow. Nice. What is more valuable, salt or gold? Depends. How much? It does not depend. What it is does. It does. It does. Anthony's right. Yes, it does. How much dude. salt? How much gold? Dude, if I, like right now, would you give me? What a would you brick rather have, salt, salt or, or gold? Gold. Dude, I'm gonna get a brick of gold and then sell okay. it and get ten times the amount of salt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Br- gold is scarce in my household. Salt? <laughs> Salt is not scarce in my household. I think household. gold is kind of scarce in all of our households. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen, brother. The Italian job. <laughs> so, wait, 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 wait. so what's your point? <clears throat> Would you... <laughs> Let's say... Would you find a product that has always been scarce more appealing than a product that is temporarily scarce? Yeah, for, I mean, for me personally, temporary things, <coughs> fads, they, they mean they mean like absolutely nothing to me. But, it's, but I would find more appealing something that's temporarily, because it's Why? not going to be forever. But you have certain things that have always been there, that right. are always going to be scarce, but there's right. always going to be supply. Right. So, I don't know. It's the, Basically, my point is like... <clears throat> I'm the wrong person to talk to about this book, maybe. I'm what I'm saying is that when you look at these major companies, like, you know whatever we said, but we talked about, you know, hospitals and the medical system. Yeah. There's a lot of persuasion that goes on there. There's oh, a yeah, lot 100%. of, like you said, yeah. negotiation. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, one of my sister-in-law, capitalistic. She, was, she was having pregnancies there is and so she wanted much... to have like a natural birth without any like, uh, what's the word, an- anesthetics or anything like yeah. that. And this nurse <clears throat> is like, uh, she was like, are you like arguing with her for like an hour or something like that? Being like, no, we're going to put you on anesthetics. Like, yeah. Oh, so, wow. Okay, with the whole birth thing, I didn't know this um, until like recent, but like, yeah, hospitals, like birth is big money. Birth is really, really big money. And so hospitals will set it up like systematized essentially, and they have it routine down to the T 
basically what they'll do to make sure they can get the most efficient, quickest birth process yeah. through the hospital. Yeah, they'll like induce. Yeah, um, so basically what happens is they'll, they'll say, hey, you're not, you know, um, we're going to induce you, blah, 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 blah. So they induce you. Hey, you're not progressing. Well, obviously you're not progressing because you were induced and that's not natural to your body. So your body's, in, you know, pumping all these hormones that's trying to get with, like with the fact that you were just induced so yeah you're not progressing you're not progressing okay uh we're gonna have to go to like we're gonna have to resort to a c-section um so then they go to the c-section or whatever or hey you know you need the epidural so like there's so many different things that happen that like there's like obviously it's not one thing it's like there's one thing that will like lead to c-section there's one thing that like will lead to like epidural with the with the birth and then it's very rare to have a woman that goes through a hospital that has a natural birth with no anesthetics with no anything (coughs) it's like because it's just not profitable for the, or it's not as profitable not for the hospital That's what it is. for right. the women to do a natural birth. It's more profitable profitable for them to use either an epidural or have a C-section yeah. because time and resource and, and they can. Well, you you're know. paying for everything anyway. Exactly. So it's all about time for exactly. the hospital. It's yeah, exactly. all about how can we get you in and out as fast as possible because you're already paying for everything. The right. hospital doesn't incur any more expenses from doing a C-section or from giving you all this other stuff you're already paying for it all yeah it's, it's crazy man the point is that we should not having to, we should not have to pay tens of thousands of dollars for a certain for, for anything like no person should have to pay a hundred thousand dollars for a surgery Unless they there want should to. Be, there should be I mean, if there's like a rate. super rich person and there's like one super mega doctor that like has a 100% success rate. No I'd person like, should yeah, have sure, to pay $100,000 for any... No person, in my opinion, should even have to pay 20000 It is so damn expensive. And medical professionals should be willing to take a pay cut. They already know their expertise. They know what they're doing. <clears throat> I, have I you talked to your parents about this? <laughs> I have. Oh, you my have? mom and my dad used to deliver babies. And I tell you what, the whole system that they put people through people now yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. The yeah. whole system that they put people... Th- I pray to God that this doesn't happen. Like, to your guys' children. Like, if they we're put... Going to the Midwest, we're not going to the Nice. Yeah, I think so. That's really smart. I mean, we're not pregnant, but... Like, be smart about it. <clears throat> Damn, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like, I think that medical professionals should be willing to take a pay cut for for these poor people that have to spend so much money. I've ranted about it for a while. Well, but I don't think it's no that person simple. should have to pay two hundred thousand dollars. What is the point? It's Whoa. too expensive. Might as well socialize it. I don't think there's a single individual who's getting stuck with the two hundred thousand dollar medical bill. Right. That can't afford it because obviously, if you're paying cash, you're getting discounts. The hospital prices. It's not about being able to afford it. No, but the hospital is pricing things at the rate that the insurance company will accept and that they can make money off the insurance company. It's a game, like what Kellen was saying or what Alex was saying. It is a game. So, so my brother is a public adjuster. All right, and so what he does, which is super interesting. Actually, I don't know what that is. So, public adjuster is basically um, someone who's. It can go both ways, but basically most, like if it's a good public adjuster, they're advocating for the homeowner against the insurance company to make sure that the insurance company pays out what they ought to pay out based on the claim for a house. So it's, it's home insurance. So basically they're also called, they're called storm chasers. There's a lot of different terms you can throw out. 
Storm throw around. Yeah, because basically, like, a public adjuster is making money wherever the storm's occurring because what they're doing is they're going to the homes. They're saying, hey, if we can get this approved from the insurance company. We'll advocate. For oh, the sure. Sure. Pay, whatever the payout is, we'll make sure the work gets done, blah, 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 blah. And there's in different states, there's different regulations of different things. But basically, what it comes down to is if you have a really good – and it's hard to find a good one because the bar of entry is so low for public adjusters. So a lot of people will go in here with, like, bad intentions and they're not really advocating for the homeowner. They get them to sign on a contract and they're taking, like, 50% of the payout. And now the homeowner still has to pay a ton of stuff. But anyways, if you get a good public adjuster, what they're doing is they're advocating for the homeowner to make wow. sure the insurance company actually pays out what's stated in the claim. That's really important. And it is super important. It's, it's really – because, like – if you have home insurance, right, like how many times have you actually looked through what you've signed on? Like how do you know what the insurance company ought to pay out yeah. for? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You don't. You basically just file something something to the insurance company. You say, well, I hope they cover it. And if they come back and they say, oh, sorry, better luck next year, you're just like, crap. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all you get is like a, a contract piece of paper. Like that's super scary, especially when there's so many different <laughs> – and, like, so many horrible insurance companies out there. Well, what's just... crazy, too, is, like, okay, so, like, for instance, there's a whole thing about supplementing. And so, basically, what happens is, like, public adjuster will come, will be advocating for the homeowner. And, like, there will storm come through and they'll say, hey, this roof needs, needs to get replaced because of the damage done from hail, blah, 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 blah. The insurance company based on, like, a lot of people don't know this, but if you have, like, a little tiny indent in, like, uh, like it depends on, if it's, like, three indents per square and squares is like a whole different term for roofing but if it's like three dents per square for like two or three squares on the roof or something the whole most states the whole roof has to get replaced yeah and that's like just yeah. standard code dude roofs are expensive yeah exactly they are expensive well yeah it's a whole thing but anyways um where was i going so like people don't know that right so the insurance unless you have someone like reading through your policy with a fine tooth comb or who knows the ins and outs of the industry yeah. Like, yeah. you're kind of just like, well, whatever. And most times what happens is the insurance company will be like, oh, yeah, we'll cover that. But what are they actually covering? Like, they're not covering the labor. They're not covering the uh, – yeah. like, they're ma- oh, maybe yeah. they're just covering the materials. And so then in which yeah. case the insurance – the if you have a public adjuster, the guy who's advocating for you, he's going to be like – He, like, negotiates that kind of stuff. Yeah, he goes back to the, okay. to the insurance agent and is like, hey – like you're just covering materials, but like, what are yeah. the materials gonna do? They're just gonna put them on themselves. Like, we need labor yeah. to include in this price. Well, we also need horrible. like, well, uh, it can, it can be, but the thing is, which is really super interesting, is it's such a low bar entry, right? And so there's so many different types of people that are in that <laughs> field, and so a lot of times, like, this is the cool way to do it is if you have. I'm going on a super long rant, but basically, no, you're good. If you have a company full of public adjusters and you also have a sister company which is a roofing company you can mesh the two together legally like in certain different ways in illinois it's different because i'm from illinois in illinois you can't have an insur- you can't have an adjuster company and a roofing company you have to have them under two separate um like they have to be two separate entities and like you kind of have to muddy the waters because otherwise you can get hit with really big penalties. Because, but here's the cool thing: if you do have an, an like uh, an adjuster company and a roofing company, what you basically do is you go ahead to the to the client and you say, "Hey, like I can try to get this file for you through insurance and make sure insurance pays out what they ought to." And then you can basically just hand the work off to your roofing company and you get paid from the insurance company. Hmm. So like it's playing the game, right? Yeah. But all right. So but what's like if you just have a public adjuster because. 
you don't have to be tied to a company. You can be like an independent public adjuster or an independent adjuster. It's a whole different thing. But um, there are people who are just public adjusters who basically just pass the state test, which is not that difficult and all this other stuff. And they just go around and they try to basically get people to sign and say, oh, yeah, of course I want someone to advocate for me against the insurance company because the insurance company rips everyone off. And they'll use that kind of logic to get someone to sign. And then when the insurance company pays out, the corrupt public adjuster doesn't really have the homeowner's insurance or the homeowner's interest at heart. He's just going to have them sign off on like 50% of whatever the insurance company pays out for. So like they're left with like maybe a little bit better than their deductible or at worst case, like paying their deductible would have been much more preferable than paying the adjuster half of what the payout was. Yeah. So like there's like... You have to find a good adjuster and you have to make sure that they're actually, you have to read through their contracts to make sure they're in like alignment, like they're, they're actually trying to do good by you um, and make sure the insurance company is staying integrity, like keeping their integrity in their policy. But anyways, no. back to the Jews. <laughs> the Jews. Oh, wow. Uh, SU, Kellen. That's a very honorable, honorable profession. <laughs> the but Jews? It comes to sh- no, it's not. <laughs> it comes to show you how much exactly to what your dad did you negotiated the bill like two hundred thousand dollars down oh yeah, yeah dude it's all about negotiation what literally your brother's the what he does is negotiation dude, negotiations right are super, that's literally super what fun dude this negotiation i had a class in negotiations oh my gosh that was we like had like i i want to take a class on negotiation dude, it, i want to take an online class on negotiation no 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 no. you do not take an online class franciscan there's so much do you want a franciscan personal like interaction oh yeah that's probably a good idea yeah. facial expressions you cannot do an online is, it, is there one here franciscan hey oh dude it's screwed Ooh. it's screwed all right I, I I like <laughs> I, I prefer uh, okay I prefer public schools over yeah I, know, that, over that, yeah. I think homeschooling Boo. sucks homeschooling Boo. is trash I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding homeschooling's not pass trash the mic to Mike. it's trash if you do it wrong all right it everything is everything is trash if you do it wrong uh, hold on hold on public schools are trash no they're not. For the most part, they are trash. If you go to the city, yeah. No, no, no. Any public school. Amen. Because, okay. I was in a public school for 20 minutes and I got kicked out. Bull. Bullshit. off. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker. Bullshit. No. So, hold on. Hold on. Kellen, 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 Kellen. Who has the mic? Who has the mic? No one can hear you. Why is that a good thing? It's the duty of the parent. Okay, are we? Uh, let's call this. No, it's not. Yes, it's the duty of the parents. Okay, the vocation of marriage is not just procreation, but it's also the rendering and education of the children. Bam. That's what? the pride. That's more than I signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> I just signed up for the procreation yes, part. Yes, I understand so that. what are you gonna do? You're gonna pass your responsibility off to the government? Yes. And say, yes, and I say, will. Hey, yes, I will. No way. No way. Pass no. procreation. Come on, my to the government. As well? Why should I do that when the government could? No, that's such a bad. Okay, I went to public school up in sixth grade. Then I went to private Catholic school, and so I have a little bit of a leg. Like I never was homeschooled, but my wife was homeschooled, and she's 
you guys know my wife. She's a very normal person. She wasn't like yeah. I don't know if you guys know her too. That you know her. I but know. She her. wasn't. She's not she's like. Great. She's not like that. Like idealized weird homeschooler that doesn't have any. Okay, so like you said, if you that's do, what Kellen thinks all homeschoolers right. are, no, so. and that's bullshit. Because here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, you're full of bullshit, Kellen. Did you hear that? I can hear the intensity coming out because you know that people think that. Yeah. No. And here's the no, thing. No, you think that. I, <laughs> I don't even care if people think that. It's more of the fact of like what is like more proper or more ordered in like in creation in the way things are designed like the way things are designed is like it, it okay the the whole um like catholic social social teaching right social doctrine right principle the principle of subsidiarity am i am i getting at something there yeah yeah that's good so like starting off like at the nucleus of the family and then expanding outwards for charity or for like needs or for whatever whatever that like like you shouldn't like go to the government if you have some type of financial hardship first you should go to your family your immediate family if your immediate family can't help then you should go to like extended family if your extended family can't help you should go to the church if the church can't help you should go to like a larger like your friends okay or your friends before the church maybe and then your church and And so like yeah okay so like the government is the very very last thing you should work your way out to in the principle of subsidiarity right and the way I think that that could apply to education is obviously like the, the most ideal form of education in the form of creation is from the family that the parents hand down education to the children. So I think homeschooling is fantastic. Now, I don't think homeschooling is great if you're locked in your bedroom all day and your parents are psych- like psychopaths and they like they don't know what they're doing. They can't teach you. And granted, OK, that's that's the thing, too, is like, OK, so like they're like you can't just have a parent who doesn't know anything about math teach yeah high school calculus you can't right Mm -hmm. but what you can do is you can have like uh like seton or um what's the other one uh uh, the typing what's that called the typing no 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 no, the 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 program it's called something not seen i went to a private catholic school pre-k through eighth grade and it was great yeah and i went to private catholic school as well i definitely recommend Catholic school pre-K through high school. You can't recommend something like public schooling or homeschooling. I mean, well, homeschooling is different, but you can't. Mike, here's the question. What if the mother and father have jobs and they can't, they're not at home? Oh, let's yeah. talk about that. <laughs> My parents are let's, doctors. They didn't have time to stay home. Let's talk about right, it. Right, right, right. right. But would it be, wouldn't it be better if your mom didn't work and instead stayed home and helped to, yes. to nurture you? Let's That's talk about that. That's not true. Okay, first of all, both your parents are doctors. If you live in California, yeah, both your parents need to be doctors to be able to afford anything. So don't live in California. (laughs) (laughs) Truth, so truth. Hold on, hold on. So hold up. I'm not saying that like Chicago, Illinois. Chicago is terribly expensive. Not as bad as California, but that is true. That is true. The one liberal state in all those areas. Everything else around it's conservative, except for. Oh really? Yeah, Illinois sucks. Hillary Clinton, that's why. And you want to move back there. No, the only reason is family. Yeah, I know. I agree. We can't get family out, so we have to go back to family. I agree. I think that... I think that... I think public schooling is great, but I also think that it is probably... It is... I think it's a great idea to have parents teach their kids... See, if they're doing it right. If they're doing it right, then do it. If your parents are teaching right, if they're... You know, if they have the, um, they're learning the knowledge, right? They're learning the courses. They're enough to make sure that the kid gets through the curriculum correctly. And yeah, it's a good thing. However, my point is this, is that in a lot of places, 
I don't think a lot of families can afford to do homeschooling because they have yeah. to work. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. So hold on. Is, 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 is the mother working? Is that an ideal situation? It obviously not back in the day. But now no, 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 not, not back in the day because human biology hasn't changed. Is that an ideal situation? The mother working. Yes. The father, is, the father, is, is the mother working, is the mother working and the yeah, father... Do you remember the, the, the Veritas debate? Let's, let's like, not even get into like father staying home. the father home, being I, the main breadwinner of the family, uh, is that is that better? There's traditional marriage roles, Kellen Lake. Yeah. I think both parents should be working. Oh no! So no, you're you're wrong. You're wrong. Let me explain. All right, Mike, go no, for it. You are wrong. You are wrong. You're hugely wrong. wrong. Yes, you are because you're the a dumb mother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What what Alex said. No, no, no. no you're wrong, Kellen. Go ahead, Mike. Mothers, explain. mothers ought not to work if they have a family. And okay, so there's. I'm disagree not, with that. I I'm not you. saying. I, I, I know you do because your mother, your mom's a doctor. I know you disagree. That's fine. But here's the thing: like, some. I'm not saying females can't work or shouldn't work or shouldn't be in the same places. No, I'm places. saying that. No, 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 no. So okay, who is it? Um, who's that? Who's that great saint who died in uh, Auschwitz? Who's like Maximilian Kolbe? No, she, it's a she. Edith Stein. It's yeah, Edith Stein. She talks a lot about women working in vocation. Yeah, so really. some women are, are called to work, and that's fine. Some women are smarter than some men. That's fine. I'm not. Well, there's a lot of women smarter than Kellen. Yeah, exactly. Probably ninety percent of them. Wait, wait. Hand the phone to Kellen. You don't think anyone's called to any sort of vocation? Give the mic. Give the sounds like it sounds like Kellen's wrestling with his calling. Oh. Why is somebody being called? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, before we get into that, before no, we get into that, okay. Get into that. You, you talk about it. <laughs> I'm clearly right, so you continue. All right, so, Edith Stein, right? That's a good resource to, to talk from. She talks a lot about women working and, and some women, you know, ha- having a calling to some type of work or whatever. I think that the, med- the medical field is, is, is somewhat a minor vocation. All right, so like some some women are called to be doctors. That's fantastic, and and that's a that's an exception. But in general, I think most women ought to play the role of the mother. And what is the role of the mother? What is the ideal role of the mother? Well, okay, let's talk. Let's just talk about babies crying for a second. If you have a newborn and the baby's crying, you know what's the role of the mother? Most women out there in the in secularized society are going to oh let the baby cry it out, keep the baby away, give the baby a pacifier, whatever. They Which age wanna, are we talking about? I'm talking about like, I have like my own opinions. I'm talking about like newborn, like oh like newborn, two oh, weeks, okay. three give weeks, them whatever. all the attention. Right, right. So like a lot Comfort of but, but a lot of secularized <laughs> mothers, right, especially mothers who like. Like, let's say the baby's crying at daycare. They don't yeah. care. Like, they're yeah. just like, just let someone pacifier. else. Like, the mentality is something else to distract the baby from crying, except yeah. for giving except the baby, except for giving the baby what it ought to have biologically, which is its mother. Right. Whether it's caressing, whether it's holding, whether it's swaddling, whether it's yeah, breastfeeding, whether it's whatever. And so, like, like if we're talking infancy, obviously it's better for the mother to stay home and, and play the role of the mother because yeah. the, the role of the mother in so far as time goes is more important than the role of the father. Now, the role of the father comes in different because the role of the father is to go out and to provide for the family and to set a role in an example for the family. 80% of children, if their father is a practicing Catholic, 
80% of their children will be practicing Catholics. Yep. If you talk about the reverse, if only the mother is a practicing Catholic and the father's not, it goes down to like 15%. Yeah. Yeah. It's Men not are even the comparable. spiritual leaders of the family. It's not even comparable. It's so obvious. And so it's like, okay, so there's, there's it's like, it's not one is better than the other. One is not like, like people are like, oh, like you're just like some type of, you know, old school traditionalist who thinks that only men can work and mothers should be just in the house cooking. Well, like, did you know that like stay at home mothers, like the hours that they put into running a household, doing the laundry, doing the dishes, like taking care of the kids it's equivalent to like working like overtime like two jobs essentially yep like i have more respect for stay-at-home mothers who are taking care of a household properly than i do of a ceo of like some large corporation woman who's like yeah climbed the ladders in the ranks jeff bezos my mom was better than him (laughs) because you know what like that lady who's out you know doing the ceo thing she's getting the acclamation she wants from society but the other lady's working just as hard but she doesn't get any acclamation she yeah. doesn't get any applause from society. Yep. And she's working just as hard, if not harder in some cases. Yep. No, 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 I, I agree totally. Um, seeing. You said you <laughs> no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, yes, obviously that's very, very difficult. And what my mom did is that actually she brought her baby to work. Okay. And, and you know, it was kind of like a group taken care of, but she was primarily there. So I think there's, what I'm saying is that there's ways to get around it. No, there are, but most people <clears throat> don't do that. Most people yeah. aren't in the situation where they can bring their child to work. Most right. people aren't in the situation where they have some type of community that they can rely yeah, on. Yeah, I can think. Trust. Yeah. Or they just don't care. No, definitely seeing um, my sister who just had a baby, seeing her um, raise the baby, it's it's a whole different level, dude. Like I thought that I was semi ready to be a father. Like no way, dude. Not even close. Dude, being a not father even is, close, dude. You're never, so, you're never ready. Yeah. <clears throat> never Such a ever ready. Calling. It is very, 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 very difficult. I mean, like that, that, that baby starts crying. Is going you leave to the table. Forever. You leave the table. You go back there and you take you take care of the baby. You don't just let the baby cry. Mike is now responsible for a uh, an undying soul. You know, someone who's going to live forever. That's true. And God true. has placed it into <clears throat> Mike's hands. That's crazy, but yeah, it, it is like, definitely very, very difficult because you know you're not. You're taking, like you said, you're taking care of the house and everything. Yeah. Ideally, remote job for the mother at home, Why taking job? care of the child. Why but I, because I just have this mentality of I think it's good for men and women to both dude, work. Dude, there's no, something no, really no, weird. About <laughs> the Bible. Adam and Eve. Who was given this? Who was given the task to till the garden? Eve, right, Kellen? <laughs> <laughs> no. The angel on the far western part of the garden. What? No, no, it was Adam. Adam was what? Well, like, like the sins, right? The consequences of original sin. Was it Eve who was to like uh, swept by the brow? And and what, what is it? What, was was that her consequence of original sin? No, it was no. the pains of childbirth. Right and True. and probably a few other things that I'm forgetting, but like the main point is like 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 it is in our nature biologically as men to go out of ourselves. You can see that playing out in so many different roles, especially the conjugal act. And right. it doesn't just stop at the conjugal act; it also starts in the provider aspect of the role of the father. The father has to go out to provide. If you go back way back thousands of years ago, why why do women cook? 
Why do women cook? Why are they more? Why are they usually better cooks than men? Because it's in our nature. They might not be actually. Yeah, I'm a better cook than most women I know. No, no, no. I'm actually. I'm a pretty damn good cook. (laughs) You guys don't know. Okay, but like, but like, he is very good cook. Yeah, but okay, okay. I I also think of myself as a pretty good cook. But Jenna, I I will say Jenna's getting a lot better. I'm a decent cook, but like Caroline. You hear that, Jenna? You're getting a lot better. You know why? Very good cook. Yeah, because she's Italian. Yeah, but okay, but like, okay, seriously though, seriously though, at a large scale, I would. If you're if you're putting a random male and female in front of me, I'm gonna say the female is a better cook, at on average. And maybe in today's society, maybe it's shifting more towards 50-50. Who knows? But my point is, if you go back thousands of years ago, biologically, who's more fit to actually provide and hunt game? Men. The men. So if you the can men's out- the Olympics and that weird swimmer person, that's the yeah. male Leah sw- Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> So like, but like, okay. So the man goes out, hunts, brings back, nurture uh, to provide for the the nutri- nutrients and, and all the 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 needs of the family. But then the, the wife is going to cook the meal that the husband came went out to provide. Okay, so like that cook and prepare, cook and prepare. Like that's my point. And yeah. so like, it doesn't necessarily have to be food, right? But like, it's just in our biology to play out that way where the man goes out to gather the resources and the woman orders that and cultivates that in the home, right? Yeah. And I think if you listen to Jordan Peterson, I think he talks about similar things Ooh. like this a lot about how like the distinction between uh, um, women and, and, and men in, in uh, chaos and order. And, mm. and I actually might be flipping it in that role that I was just saying. I think I think he talks about women be more like of of the the representation of chaos and men yeah. being more order but you know it's like the idea between Well I think that in that relation it's more about emotions. Right. And so exactly, exactly. But the, regardless if you're talking about the order of the household in the in in the hierarchy of of whatever like like there's definitely a chaos and order relationship that's going on between the male and female that needs to be balanced. And I think ideally the role is the father being the resource gatherer and the female being the homemaker and organizer of the resources is the yeah. most ideal situation. Yeah. And I, when you talk about chaos and order, like I think about work and life at a home with kids, which is going to be more ordered and which is going to be more chaotic. Obviously life at home with the kids. I think my, yep. my point, Mike, is that... That's a great point. I think that times change obviously then you know it was different back in the 1950s and then, <laughs> um but i think these days a lot of the times people can't uh, you know a young family they can't afford to do that unless they're both working so what so what do you do in that situation then you move to Steubenville. Let's go! No, no, no. And th- I mean, there's a, there's a lot that, that one can say about the matter. I mean, so many talk about how, how expensive it is to raise kids. It's n- it's not expensive as a lot of people make it out <clears> to <throat> be. Close. No. They're, they're, I mean... I heard that the average the average amount that a couple spends on one kid is like $200,000. Yeah, if that's... Okay. 250000 from age zero to 18. BS. You know what that $200,000 figure is coming from? That's coming from using re- like okay reuse or um, disposable diapers instead of using reusable cloth diapers. Oh yeah. Off, starting off at infancy, let's start from from way back. Then it's also formula fed babies. 
Then it's also, you know, sending your kid to um, to daycare. Daycare. And then yeah. sending your kids to, you know, whatever. Like, like getting your kids in every single sport possible. Yeah, getting giving them kids, gifts like, instead of letting them play with freaking cardboard boxes. Let's take Dude, cardboard way. boxes and sticks were the best gift I could ever get. You know how much it, I mean, I mean, okay. Sounds like a fun Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> my baby's still in utero, but like, my baby's going to be breastfed, all right? And then at, yeah, we're, we're going to be using we're going to be using uh, reusable diapers, okay? And we're going to be doing things very non-traditional or or traditional, however you want to look at it. Yeah, I think it's pretty traditional. Actually, no, I'm not going to say that on air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like we're going to homeschool our kid, right? Yeah. And so, like, there are so many things <clears throat> that if you actually look, like, I, I should actually tally up the costs of what it costs me and my family to raise our child from birth until. 18 years old. You should old. keep a track. I should keep a track because yeah. I don't, I highly doubt we're going to be anywhere close to that $20,000. That's actually a really good idea and actually I want to do that because I think the numbers are somewhat And then relative. I can hand it to him and be like, this is what you owe me. <laughs> <laughs> a very, very good. Okay, in terms of breastfeeding, okay? Okay. A, a very, very good, uh, let's say, machine that you can use is like my sister what? told me about like these pumps. You can just have yeah, a pump, but breast pump, right? And then you don't have to, you know, hold the baby there the whole time. You just pump the milk out and then feed the baby the milk. Very, very efficient. Um, so just future thing for you, Anthony. But about okay, so about the breast pumps. Breast pumps are fine, and it's oh, come it's. Come on, you're gonna get all philosophical on us now. You need to have the baby right there. Dude, you know, that's no, so much better. I know it is better, I know. You have no idea how many hormones are released in both yeah. the baby and the mother during breastfeeding. Yep. And that bonding experience is something that is intangible and you can't replicate and you can't just get away with just like people will say like what you just said about like, oh okay, you're telling me about the breast pump. Like you don't think the breast pump is good. Like like the breast pump is good for dire situations or for situations where you're traveling or like it's yeah. not natural. Like you can't Get away from God's created, you know, design. Yeah. Like, the most natural creation is the best. Like, you can't get away from it. Like, you, I'm sorry, but, like, br- like bottle feeding the baby, even if it's the mother's milk, is not going to be as efficient or as or beneficial. Okay, so, for instance, like, if you have twins. Did you know if, you ha- if, if a mother has twins? <laughs> no, get this. How do you do that? <laughs> I mean, how do you do that? Well, that's why you have. That's why they have two <laughs> right? No, if if the mother has, if you have twins, right? If the right after the babies are born, one of the harder things for the babies to do is to acclimate to the temperature. Okay, and so one thing that's great for the acclimation of the temperature of the for the baby is to be on the mother's breast because the mm. breasts are designed to help the baby acclimate. And they actually, if you have, if a mother has twins, okay, and one child on each breast, both breasts will fluctuate in temperature to make sure each individual child is getting God, like. Bro, <laughs> that's God incredible. Is wild. That's wild. God is wild. Yeah. Like the body will do incredible things. And that's why I'm like, most natural thing you can get and the closest you can get to God given creation. You can't beat it. Yeah. yeah. Amen. No, 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 no. You're yeah, right. Every single year they update formulas, like it, breast milk formulas, because they keep on finding new hormones and new like, yeah. things that they never knew existed. Do you that think is, like, that formula bad. is immoral? I don't think it's immoral. No, it's not immoral. And like there's, okay, there's like certain, 
It might be it might be immoral if like a mother is like every like my baby's going to live off of breast milk. What do you milk? do if the mother dies during oh. during child labor? Like what wow. does the dad do? Wow, the dad yeah. can't breastfeed. I don't uh, care what you talk what you say about chest feeding. The dad's not going to be breastfeeding the baby. All right, I don't I don't give a damn what you say about that. <laughs> uh, chest feeding is bullshit. <laughs> but. I mean, so there, there are things that are yeah. good about formula, and it's not bad inherently, but it's being abused in our society. Yeah. So I was in St. Augustine, Florida, oldest city in the world, about three weeks ago. The and oldest city in the world? No, sorry, United States, not world. Okay. That's Jericho. <laughs> um, is it really? It is Jericho. I don't think so. I think it's I'm pretty sure that... The, uh, <laughs> probably, pro- I mean, probably not. They try to be, but... <clears throat> so they have the main cathedral there is... Uh, inside the church, they have Our Lady of La Leche, which La means Leche. Our Lady yeah, of the Milk, the milk. Yeah. breastfeeding. Mm. So they actually have Mary there breastfeeding Jesus. And it, it's a really, really beautiful, intimate um, scene, but I've never seen that before. You know, we always see like Mary, like Guadalupe, in front of flowers or lords. But she, it was the simplest Mary breastfeeding Jesus. Like it was really, really cool. And yes, I think that's how it's supposed to be, right? Breastfeeding is such a beautiful thing. Um, I guess my whole point with the homeschooling thing was, I think in a lot of situations these days, being in a certain area, both parents have to work. Yeah, but that's the so, decision of being in the area, right? Right, but sometimes you, you can't move. You, you don't have a, like for a certain, like a year, for a year you can't move. You know, so what do you, Mike, what do you do? The mother has to work in order to make it. I'm going to say this. In most cases, and I, I can talk from personal experience because there's a lot of things that have happened in, in the past year that have been absolutely crazy. But in most cases, people think, oh, I can't do this because X, Y, and Z. You can do it. Carolyn and I got married. I didn't have a job yet. All right. There was some miraculous things that happened where I was able to get a really great job that carried out benefits and gave us the time we needed because in the last five months, we went back home five times. Turned to friends. We went back home five times, and there's no, like, the, no other job would have been able to give me the time that I needed to go back home for those things. And like, like God provides, right? And so like, th- that was a great job, and, the, and I'm not going to talk bad about that job, but I, I've moved on from that job. I'm starting a company now. Like... If you tell anyone within 12 months of graduating college right now, you're going to get married, you're going to have a kid, you're going to start a business, you're going to start a different job, you're going to quit that job, and then you're going to start another, like, people are going to be like, you're doing too much. But, like, God provides. And I'm not doing all these things 100%, like, great or successfully, but I'm doing these things. It's not because I'm great. It's not because I'm, like, amazing. No, not at all. It's because I have an amazing wife and I have an amazing God who loves me. And, like, like those are, like, the two things that I can lean on to do these things but it's people say like you know like okay so you're saying like oh you have to have a year before you can move like no if you're in a bad situation and the wife has to work because of the where you're living i call bullshit if you can't find a situation to move somewhere else and find a situation where you can make it work where your wife doesn't have to work like i firmly believe that there are places in this country where you can live that are great that have great catholic communities aka steubenville where you can live where the Let's wife go. doesn't have to Shout the, out. the wife doesn't have to work or whatever like whatever it doesn't necessarily have to be like you're trying to to make it so your wife doesn't have to work let's say you're you're a bachelor you're not even married like there's other situations where like i can't i don't know i could give me some time i could think of something but like whatever it is like 
if you're not if, if if you know you could be doing something better than where you're at now like the only thing that's holding you back is yourself and I, i'm not saying like or your own self-limiting beliefs because i mean we have a god who's infinite and who can do infinite things like just lean on him agreed the one thing everyone can lean on the Calvin and Alex, Alex show <laughs> <laughs> Mike Anthony thanks for coming on this yeah, has been a boys, wonderful really. podcast we'll do this oh my goodness guys. yeah we'll I'm super excited it's today. been the full gamut everything from health insurance <laughs> to breast milk <laughs> to freaking China and stuff I don't know it's been a wild time but it's been a great time thanks, thanks for, for coming on, on. Yeah. yeah thanks we'll have to do it again it. That's going to wrap it up for us, the Callan and Alex show. Hopefully, it won't be another like month and a half until we do another episode. That was pretty episode. bad. Well, it's we'll, been a really long time. You guys are we'll breaking get you guys, a, a long... We'll get back into our weekly routine. Hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> That's going to wrap it up for us, Callan and Alex show. We'll see you next time. Peace. If there's a Christian religion, then it's Catholicism or nothing. What politics actually is, art of people living together, orienting one another towards virtue. And the person was like, dude, flirting is the abortion of love. This is the most worthy, most exciting, most adventurous. Drop a nuke uh, on the Franciscan bubble. The Kellen and Alex Show. Theology. God could have stopped it if he Permissive wanted. will. That's right. <laughs> I don't know why God would allow something like that to go through, but then again, God allows. God allows you to go to... on and on. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Truth. Okay. <laughs>